Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is January 21st, 2023. My name is Eric Peters. Joining me today, Mr. Tom Raggin. Hey, how's it going, fellas? <laughs> Almost forgot what to do after I said my own name. <laughs> you got Mr. Dane Curtis. Hello. How are you all? You're not that How are chipper. You it's good to be back, Matt. It is. ages. It's fair. New year. It, I felt like saying the date took a long time. <laughs> I Happy mm-hmm. New Year, even though it's the 21st of January. Yeah. You can <laughs> We're a couple weeks happy late. Happy New Year in January. That's okay. I'm going to start saying Happy New Year to people in July, just for the crack. <laughs> if I haven't seen them. Happy make a lot of friends. Yes. What okay. about the people that just say happy whatever day it is? Oh. Drives I've, me insane. Slap with a big fish. I've really never on. heard anyone say happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, n- literally every day. Oh, happy no. Tuesday. Yes. Oh. I'll get emails and like, hey, happy Tuesday. Like it, it's what? Tuesday. You need, to, you need to get Christy to stop doing that. Man. Quite literally the worst day of the week. <laughs> Yeah, Tuesday's awful. Well, you don't Tuesday's have the energy the of like, it's a new week, let's go. You got yep. the first day behind you and you're like, oh, there's four days left. I know. And Monday's the chance to talk to your colleagues to about the weekend. Yeah. You know? Burn up half I, the day talking at the water cooler and pooping. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday's the like, the oh. next water cooler? Was it what? Wasn't the Xbox the next water cooler? Yeah, see, so a lot of people bought them and they weren't using them, so they just stacked them up to look like a water cooler. And you just kind of congregate around that and go like, what a miserable disaster. Useless. (laughs) Absolutely useless. Yeah, Xbox needs to get their act together lately. Not doing our well. Well, they just fired 10,000 people, so at least they're going to have record profits. (laughs) God. (laughs) Sorry, that was a bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that sucks. Well, yeah, I've. I didn't actually get a chance to really dive into that. What was the main reason? The main reason was that they were struggling to put out first-party games, and mm. they were not seeing the return on investment. However, they just spent seventy-two billion dollars acquiring Activision, which still, as far as I'm aware, technically has not gone through because. Everybody in the universe is fighting that, you know, antitrust and monopoly and all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. Which there's no way that acquisition should be allowed to go through. Even if it does go through, like they've already said, like Call of Duty and stuff is still going to be on both the platforms. That doesn't mean that they have to honor that unless there's something written ironclad. I don't think they even offered Sony like, we'll guarantee 10 years of Call of Duty. And Sony's like, nah, get bent. (laughs) <laughs> we shall make our own call of duty Screw no they're just gonna fight it and then duty of call yeah <laughs> yeah so it has been it's been what since november jesus yeah it's mm-hmm. been a while yeah. sorry we've uh we suck well we had we had things going on i had uh, a fun little health scare so that's kind of what took me out of out of the mix so that's sort of why we didn't really record i was kind of Getting all that stuff sorted out. Um, you got that big saw removed from your ass, didn't you? Yeah, it was you. You were stuck there. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. 
No, um, I had I had my second fun little cancer scare, so I had to sit and wait for results on all of that. And everything, fortunately, everything's clear, so we're we're good. We're back on the saddle, and we're killing you all the horses. Stop having cancer scares, please. No, we're getting old. That's what happens. <laughs> That's when the universe just rocks up. It's like, hey, got something for you. <laughs> you are over Merry here. Christmas. You get it. You get it. <laughs> That'd be a terrible Christmas gift. But I actually found out the results the day before Christmas. So that was fun. It was technically a a positive Christmas gift. You know, the whole lead up to it sucked because if you've ever had to sit through the waiting for the biopsy results, you're just like, man, this sucks. I can't do anything. Like, I can't function. And rolling up to Christmas, you're like, well, nobody's going to be working from Christmas through New Year's. So now I have to wait through that whole week. And then. Mm hmm got the call the day before christmas i'm like oh, it's all good like thanks god what forbid is it they had like bad news and they were like when should we tell him let's wait till christmas eve right <laughs> <laughs> it's a christmas miracle <laughs> <laughs> it was it was good news though which is it was to be thankful for it was it was very good news um the the bills on the back end not so much good news but you know you American still have healthcare. like health coverage because you with your job. Well, obviously not, but yeah, you so, jobs or whatever. Uh, no, but I'm under Christie's insurance, so oh, that's good then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I took a, a couple month sabbatical from work, which was interesting. Um, didn't really know what the hell to do with myself, but <laughs> figured that out. I'm uh, in the very tail end of getting my commercial pilot's license to fly unmanned aircraft. So um, don't know how I stumbled into wanting to do that, but here we are. <laughs> Get well, ready. All right. Like how did, how did me, Mr. Blurry photos end up being a photographer? <laughs> right. That's the <laughs> universe getting the last the laugh. Stupidest thing. <laughs> what if this is just Dan playing the long joke against us? He's like, I'll show those assholes. Yeah. Make fun of my pictures. I'm going to become a successful photographer and win awards. <laughs> And then win that award and go like, I hate taking pictures. That is primarily the driving force. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Just your friends berating you into success. No, no, I very much enjoy a bit of photography, gentlemen. It's very fun. It does look good. It looks neat. I always enjoy scrolling through my face box in the morning. and Like, oh, there's another picture from Dan. Like, I can tell which ones are yours now without even seeing that it's from your page. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. He has a style. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but are they mine or are they crystals? That's the question. I'm gonna say all the good ones are crystals. Probably, probably. She is pretty good. Now do you here's both a question: do the editing. Yeah, we literally uh, the first. So we did our first wedding over Christmas uh, under the uh, umbrella of our new business, and we sat for three days doing those edits. <laughs> Dang! Oh wow! Because uh, it won't take as long every time, but like we kind of had to develop our style and how we want them to appear. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we did like the big call. So we had between us, I think 2000 to 3000 photos. Wow. And we had Jesus. to cool them down. So we got them down to 400 and then the edits start. And then you get halfway through the edits and then you find a new style of edit and you're like, Oh, that looks better. Then you go back and do them again. And again. Oh, shit. And eventually you settle on what you get and yeah, it's good. Ooh. Nice. So, uh, a well worth uh, Adobe subscription that you have then. Well, technically, I have it through work at the moment. So, oh, nice. 
That's a good point, actually. If I ever break off and do the photography full time, I'll have to pay for it. But yeah, photography is great because it's like the vast majority of what you earn is just profit. Yeah, you're just paying mm-hmm. for your time. Yeah, it's just it's that's madness. what that's kind of what I wanted to do with this this uh, commercial pilot's license. So I've I want to get into I've been flying drones, but until you have that license, you can't make money doing it. So I have a bunch of friends who are realtors that are looking for like aerial photography of of property, you know, not just houses, but up here hunting is huge. So people that are buying large swaths of land want to have like a larger aerial view of the land. So taking land surveillance photos or um, doing inspections on towers or solar panels and stuff like that. So uh, it's, in all seriousness, you could also learn videography and get into the wedding market. I could, yes, I could. Mm. Which is but yeah, very, it's very just, lucrative pure time you're paying for and that that's uh-huh. literally it though so that those are the businesses to get into but yeah. i tell you what that well, test no freaking joke it is i've been studying since the end of october and i'm just now at the point where i can take the practice exams and get passing scores on them yeah but oh, you're well. an unstoppable moron yeah that's true these are written Woof. exams i have to physically go to an faa training center and take this exam oh yeah, and it's only 60 questions, and you have to get an 80% to pass. No, you have to get a 70%, but the guy, the the school that I'm taking the course through says, we're not going to recommend you take the exam until you pass ours with 80% or better. That way you have oh. a little bit of a buffer. Got it, got it. So it's like all of this knowledge, they condense down into 60 questions, and you have no freaking clue what they're going to ask you. Like, I need to know everything there is to know about airspace and how airports operate and um, weather theory and aeronautical decision making and what causes airplanes to stall like all of this shit. They make no they make no different distinction between a fixed wing aircraft and a drone. So you have to know all of it. You could fly a plane soon as well. I thought about getting my pilot's license, but, you know, the whole, like, just crashing into the ground and dying thing doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal, Yeah, but you get really, really good it? at it. You get really good. Do After, a bone rule. Do a bone rule. To be quite frank, and I, I told you guys this when you sent that video about the, what, what is it, the, the airplane oh. crash not too long ago. Um, yeah, in, Frank. in Nepal. Yeah. After studying all this stuff, it is terrifying how quick shit goes sideways with an airplane. Like, yeah, to the point where you just there's there's a term they called uh, they, there's a term they have called um, fly it into the ground, because a lot of people when you get into like aeronautical decision making, if something goes wrong, they freeze or they just give up and they're like, well, I'm going to die. And they they t- they train you to be like, no, you fly that thing into the ground, not like point it, but you're continually doing something and trying to fly the plane until it hits the ground. I'm like but oh. even something as simple as you bank your wings five degrees too far. And all of the lift disappears from the wings or the the load factor increases exponentially and changes the whole dynamics of the plane. Or if you've got too much weight in one spot, it, it's wild how quickly things go sideways, especially in the small planes. Well, that reinvigorates my fear of flying. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> Video <laughs> games. I'm very glad I didn't go in that small biplane you wanted me to go in when we came to Arizona. Now. It wasn't a small biplane. It was a little nine seater. Well, that would have been was. That would have been freaking tits, though, because I did that flight and it was awesome. Not Little planes do scare me. Yeah. yeah. I, had, yeah. I had visions of just being strapped to the wings. That would be sweet. <laughs> just dangling like a cocoon, like, like on the bottom of a hang glider. 
I can't believe people used to genuinely do that and just wing, like, grab onto the wings. They wouldn't. They did. No, they didn't. You did. What do you what mean? Do you mean? Just grab onto the wings. What, like when so, a seven four seven is like small two seater planes? People used to just grab onto the wings and stuff. Who did? Lunatics. <laughs> are you referring to the air show stunt people that do wing walking? Because if you yes. are, they are clipped in, and there is a there's a harness up top that they strap onto. Basically, oh, see, wing walking is never a misnomer. A on the action films. <laughs> yeah, so that's well, why I'm getting confused. Did you know that Hollywood isn't real? <laughs> what? Yeah. Is, Next to be is, telling me video games aren't real. <laughs> boy, boy, you're in for <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening here. Is wing walking or still the thing that people do? Or is it I haven't seen it. No, me neither. There you go, Eric. New new hobby. No. <laughs> no. I've been to enough air show. I've seen one airplane crash at an air show. I was like 200 yards away from it. And it was a very scarring experience because Ooh. it was uh, my mom was on the executive board of directors for the air air show here in lacrosse, which is a pretty big one. Like we get the blue angels and everybody that come through, but it was on Saturday. So no, the Sunday show, the Saturday before um, a bride and groom got married and then they, they went to the air show in the afternoon. It's just kind of like, we're going to go hang out and they're, parents bought them a ride on a two-seater stunt plane and they were both supposed to go that night and there wasn't enough time so they couldn't decide who wanted to go so they flipped a coin and the wife got to go up first and as the plane is doing a barrel roll the wing or the uh the the gas tank detaches from the wing and causes it to go into a spiral and careens right into the ground killing the bride and the pilot so my god yeah it was not a pretty Uh. sight can you imagine like, being the groom? And your life came down to a coin flip. Oh, shit. Sorry, this got morbid this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be a nice it's game a, of the year, sure. Christ it's a stark departure Cancer from scares, the norm. Crashing planes. It, it's a stark departure of the norm from dick and fart jokes. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> the pendulum just swings from one side to the other. 23, 2023, the dark year. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this is this is our favorite favorite show of the year. There's no way in hell we were missing this. It's not one. anymore. I'm crying here. No. You. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to bring the mood down. Let's bring the mood up. Okay. We were supposed to have Mr. Zach join us today, but he had a little bit of a time constraint with his kids. So, unfortunately, Zach isn't here, but he's going to try to join us for a few more shows this year. But, like we said, our favorite show of the year, this is our Game of the Year show, which encompasses everything that we played from the year prior, not just for the retro show. So, uh, we're going to go through our top 10 games, chat about them, but I think before that, um, we'll make some predictions about what what we think each other's will be. So, um, I think you guys already know what what mine's going to be, so... Should we make those guesses? Yep. All right. Uh, Dan, what do you think my top game of the year is going to be? Elden Ring. You think so, huh? Yep. What makes you say that? Because it's awesome. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> uh, I I want to choose something else, but um, I'm also going to go with Elden Ring. If you haven't picked Elden Ring, you're just doing it to be stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> It could be Warzone. To be fair. Yeah, Warzone two came out, so it's eligible. 
But I picked Warzone last year and I got burned because you didn't put it on your list. So I'm not going to pick it. I didn't know I could. Um, okay, my guess for Dan, I've, I've struggled with this because part of me thinks that it should also be Elden Ring. But then I think I might just go stupid and say Power Wash Simulator. Oh. Yeah. Fair but enough. I mean, I'm not sure I would, I'm not sure I want to live in a universe in which Power Wash Simulator beats Elden Ring. You're in it. You're potentially in it. I'm going to roll the dice on this one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Tom, what do you think his... Because, I mean, like, uh, to be fair, I, to be fair, hold on, not to backtrack here, but to be fair, Dan talked about this game non-fucking-stop for months. And then, and then, the one rare time, Blue Moon, we get together to play games, us three. We yeah. played Power Wash Simulator multiplayer at Dan's behest. And it wasn't just like, hey guys, this is neat. Check this out. It was no, we spent an hour and a half cleaning a skate park. You've got to clean the whole thing. Was it really an hour and a half that it went was by? The whole time we played. You loved it. And then we played like 10 minutes of totally reliable delivery service. <laughs> Which is oh, not enough well. time in that game. So that's I regret nothing. I regret nothing. What's your guess for him? Uh, it's, I'm going to go with God of War Ragnarok. Ooh. Yeah. God of War. Ooh, that's a, that's a ballsy choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He loved it. You know, he, he was, he, he found it compelling all the way through. And I think I remember saying, I think I remember him saying that it was a potential to drop. Elden Ring further down the list, Ooh. which was, you know, strong words from the hairy one. <laughs> I'm not sure I like those words. <laughs> I like my title, the hairy one. It's amusing. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> I'll trade you. It's not just on the head. <laughs> oh. Looks like a button on a fur coat. <laughs> I try to get you to spit that water. Spot water everywhere. <laughs> um, I I genuinely don't know for you, Tom. I I have absolutely oh. no clue. I, part of me wants to say some sort of Formula One game because you bought a steering wheel for it, but then again, it wasn't like the three hundred dollars steering wheel. It was just. You know, like I'm going to dabble in this, so that's yeah. why I'm pulling the stick back a little bit. The old Thrustmaster. Yeah, well, that's Which I know that's your great nickname, name, but you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Tom's nickname in high school. Pull a Thrustmaster, Thrust. then went and bought a steering wheel. Fetch me the Thrustmaster. <laughs> Just shoulder mounted. <laughs> but I think yeah. I'm going to. I think I'm going to err on the side of Elden Ring because I have never seen Tom put more time into one single game. I am also putting my camp in the Elden Ring. <laughs> Want to try that sentence again? Nope, I meant what I meant. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, there we have it. There we have it. Should we start with honorable mentions or should we just go straight into like biggest disappointments of the year? Or do we want to say biggest disappointments for after because it might change up our list? Um, I don't I'm not, I don't mind. I don't mind doing both those things now. 
Because I think that we're all pretty aligned in that my biggest support disappointment isn't going to end up one of your number th- threes or something. You never know. But you never know, I guess. You never know. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's just. Yeah. What do, what do you think? Do you want to do what was should we do a biggest disappointment? Yes, I have a yes. I have a very big, clear disappointment. But uh, Dan, you do yours first. Uh, scorn. Oh, oh, yeah, that was a huge disappointment. But like, like, were you genuinely excited for that game, though? I was about a few days before it came out. I thought it looked pretty cool. <laughs> but then I played it and it was an absolute bag of shite. But I played it till the end. <laughs> I can't believe you finished that game. I can. I. It was terrible. It's so bad. But it was so genuinely. Bad. Some of the worst combat I've ever experienced in a video game. It was atrocious. I think it's proof that you can't just align yourself with a really good artist and expect to have a good game out of it. Yeah. Like, You've got to visu- have... Visually, really yeah. cool. Like, really cool atmosphere and stuff like that. But when it got to the section where the combat got introduced, I, I wanted to throw my Xbox through the window. Oh, that's me every day, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's this fucking thing doing here? Because it's just <laughs> on a, so you got this weird thing, which like basically a little fist came out of it and punched a monster in the face, and it did no damage whatsoever. And then it had about a reload cycle of twenty seconds, and in the meantime, you've got monsters just sniping you with acid, like homing acid, so you just die straight away. I just ended up running uh, through it in the end because it was just ridiculous. It was exceptionally disappointing uh, uh-huh. to the point mm-hmm. where there. I can't think of a game in recent memory. Like I like to put games down and stop playing them, but I can't think <laughs> of another game that I wanted to stop playing more than Scorn. And like there was literally nothing I enjoyed playing about that game. Not one thing. So I quite liked it yeah. until that point, and then from I there it not. just went completely downhill. Even the first puzzle drove me insane. Like just the complete. It, it's almost like they went and said, "All right." people like obscurity let's just make everything obscure and obtuse and just trying to figure out how this stuff functioned wasn't even fun it wasn't like mist is that way but mist also had that air of intrigue about it and, mm. and once nah, you actually mist, understood mist, mist was, mist was rubbish. <laughs> oh, right tell that to a generation of pc i spent gamers. about i spent about 20 minutes crouching in a fireplace on mist for some reason clicking on the wall and then it made little squares and i still don't know why oh, i remember mist. that I remember that because Eric drew a penis. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, that doesn't sound like me. But it's I know what you mean. You think like missed the witness. The witness was intriguing. You know, like I like. I really liked the witness. The yeah, witness got old game. because it was the same puzzle three hundred times. It wasn't. It mixed it up. It was the same puzzle. It was not three hundred no. times. It wasn't. It was. It was not. Wasn't intent. I didn't even try Scorn because uh, you two had already played it and sort of bashed it, and I, that just turned me off it. To be honest with you, well, it's something else you can put inside that thousand uh, dollar paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> right, Peterson, what's your biggest disappointment? My biggest disappointment is a colossal dick punch because I was thoroughly excited for this game from the moment it was announced, and that is Saints Row. Oh shit! I forgot about Saints Row. Did yeah. I change my answer? <laughs> I was so disappointed because we've had so much fun with those games over the years, and it it was a series that took the open world crime uh, genre to a completely new level and said, "Okay, Grand Theft Auto 
they they strike this neat balance between serious and comedy, but it's all kind of really grounded in the real world. And then Saints Row went, yeah, fuck that, and just went absolute balls to the wall. And after Saints Row 4, it's like, well, where the hell are they going to go from here? And when they announced the reboot, I was hook, line, and sinker in on that first intro video that they showed. Like, this is going to be fantastic. We got the PS5 engine. It's going to be this huge open world, ton of new stuff. And then you put the game in, and there's just nothing there. The world is empty. The animations are crap. The I remember the opening chapter felt like I was playing a polished PS2 game made by mm-hmm. amateur designers, not a triple A studio with 15 year franchise behind them. It felt so janky to the point where I just had no interest. And then once you actually get to the point where you open and stuff up and unlocking, you're like, none of this is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And then uh, we played multiplayer online and it's like, do you just want to go play Saints Row 4? And then we played that for two hours. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we honestly, we tried the new Saints Row for a bit. We had, we, we kind of made our own fun as we always do. But then once we booted up Saints Row 4, we were immediately hooked. Like it's completely ridiculous from the very start. And that's what's so good about it. Like, that game starts with an alien invasion of the White House where you're the president, and we made the most ridiculous characters we possibly could. I ended up actually playing a colossal chunk of that game. I think I I probably put 15 hours into it. Um, I should probably go back and finish it, because I never actually did, but it's such a great game. That, That is what I wanted, was more of that ridiculous style. And even if they just kind of went back and because obviously they blew up the earth and they're living in a simulation. So what can they really do? But okay, reboot it, start over, but just modernize all of that. But then I I think part of it is we've hit this point in society where the stuff that we saw in the original like PS2 Grand Theft Autos and even Grand Theft Auto 4 and I guess as late as 5, you really couldn't get away with some of that stuff now because we've created this culture of just people get offended at literally everything. And those games were founded on, like, let's just test the envelope. Well, it's just little things, like, right? We all know what a rim job is. Yeah. Right? But in Saints Row, the chop shop for cars was called Rim Jobs. And they changed it in the new one. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Because that's sexual and that's deviant and that's bad. Yep, don't search for rim job because that brings up the wrong things. Do not no. Google that. Unless you're into that sort of thing. Not going to shame you. No. As long as you're over 18. <laughs> and use incognito mode. At least mode. put rim job saints in. Yeah, there you go. But I but can't yeah. guarantee even that won't bring up the wrong things. The one thing that this has also done for me is it's actually tempered my expectations for the next Just Cause game, which, you know, I like. I like Just Cause. That is one of my favorite destruction franchises. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's given me pause for concern. So they're making a new Just Cause. They are. I feel like they're always going to make another Just Cause. See, so um, it it hasn't made my most anticipated list because there are other most more anticipated games for me this year. But Hogwarts Legacy is being created by Avalanche, who make Just Cause. (sighs) And also, they make they made the Mad Max game, which was amazing. Do you think they'll put a grappling hook in Hogwarts, uh, where you can drag people not, around? But maybe a spell that acts as the same thing. Okay, good. Mad Max was great. 
Mad Max was so good. Game. That made your list one year, Tom. I remember. It made it my did. list yeah. the the following year based on Tom's recommendation. Yeah, I, I love that. that game. And I think it would have been my list, but I think we didn't do these when I played. <laughs> Chum Bucket, one of my Chum favorite bucket. video game characters. Psych I keep seeing it actually in my um, collection of games. I'm like, oh, I could play that again. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get the platinum on that because you had to do something in the online game, in the online version of it. Oh. And the servers are shut down. Boo. Right, Owl and Tom, what's yours? Uh, it's actually also Saints Row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, High five. Yeah. It was, it was. Um, the only thing I could add to that is, well, I, the the whole like very polished PS2, very early PS3 feel, um, and they didn't offer anything new to the op- the sort of free free roam open world steel cars shoot things aspect. It was so bare bones and like I've done all of this before, and you're not offering me anything new. Uh, whereas the progression, you know, Saints Row One, I actually really love Saints Row One. Like it's yeah. it's only it's stuck on the 360 that that game, but it's yeah. uh, that was like them trying to copy GTA somewhat with like gangs and stuff. Saints Row Two brought in the was still more gang related, but they in, they they made the world bigger and it was a little bit more stupid. Then three was where everything like really kicked off, as you guys know, because you played a lot of Saints Row the Third. Four, like you said, President Aliens Simulation. So it's like well. Yeah, where are they going to go from here? Um, and they could have just kept going. Like, you got such free roam to be really dumb with this cool, like, engine. I'm just surprised they did. They they, they released such a lukewarm game when GTA V has all of that covered yeah. with, with, the, with, the, with the grounded, uh, you know. Um, I feel like it was just flawed from the get-go. They just didn't yeah. realize what the, like, kind of core of the game was. And they yeah. just kind of deviated from it in every single way they could have possibly done you kind of liken it to what happened with sonic mania where uh kind of the the inverse of it where sega was really struggling to make a good side-scrolling sonic game for a long time and then a lot of it is because they're just bringing in people who who make games and instead bring in people who have played the games that they're trying to expand upon by the Mm. time this saints row came out it was what 11 12 years since the original, there are people who grew up playing the first and second game that could now be working on this and keep the magic of what made that franchise alive within the modern one. I feel like a lot of that just gets glossed over now because when they're hiring these developers or people, they're, they're just like, well, you tick these boxes, you tick this box, or we're just going to like eliminate this studio and we're going to shuffle you in and you guys need to do this. And then they look backwards instead of it being the developers who grew up with it and they're looking forwards. Yeah. No, also, I, it's criminal. It's criminal that we haven't got Sonic Mania two yet, right? It is. Um, I actually went back. Well, I've never played. Um, I had never played Saints Row the Third before, so I went and played like about. I probably finished the first half of that game. It was really good. It's even now. It still holds up. So good. Two yeah. toilets and a boy named Jim. Two. <laughs> The dance song that I've made for that. I don't know if we've shared that in the group recently, but I think that's the finest 28 seconds of video editing I've ever done. It's marvelous. It's, it really is. <laughs> it's, um, 
So for those of you who are unfamiliar, back in the day when me and Eric first knew each other and we didn't have any responsibilities in life, we just used to play games together and, re- and record them and put them on YouTube. And we had a whole series of playing Saints Row and trying to do the most ridiculous things we could. Like one of them actually starts with, I believe, either me or Eric on top of a skyscraper doing a dance. And then the other person flies a jet directly into them. Yeah. Just great stuff. Then we had a we have a video dance video where we're just in the middle of this intersection, whole bunch of cars crashed around us. Dan is a big fat gold transvestite in a cheerleading outfit, standing on top doing this really sexy dance, and I'm this weird green, uh, you know, misshapen, disheveled alien looking guy holding a six foot purple dildo, and I just created a song like i think it's the only song i've ever physically composed myself and i did it in like 20 seconds and went doo, doo, doo. oh that sounds great that sounds great doo, and when doo, i overlaid doo, the video doo, on doo, it doo, it perfectly doo, lined up with the audio like to a t and it's just it's the dumbest thing that we've ever created but it's absolute gold tom have you got space for that track in your latest game yeah i, did, doo, I actually doo, had doo, no idea doo, that you doo, made doo, that track doo, 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 yeah that was from... me <laughs> That makes it even better. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I think I did it in. Row. Can it be oh. our new theme tune? That's. <laughs> 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 we could ter- certainly try, but yeah. Well, can, disappointing you also, game. can you put in the um, Honest Pizza intro as well? Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. I forget about that every once in a while. I don't. No, me neither. Just the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) All right. Onward to honorable mentions, good sirs. Honorable mentions. Are we going to just go down the list? Should I go, then Dan, then Tom? Or do we want to mix it up this year? Mix it up. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. What orders the table in? (laughs) Um, I have have two. uh, Yeah, I have two as well. Honorable mentions. Actually, I have three. Yeah. One of them actually ties into the conversation that we were just having. Saints Row 4 is one of my honorable mentions because oh, nice. of how much time I put into that after you and I played. So um, we played like two hours and just kind of chalked it up. But for about two weeks after that, I just fired up and keep chugging through. And I got obsessed with collecting the blue orbs and leveling up the skills and completing all of the insurance fraud stuff, which I think that's the best mini game to ever exist in any video game. Yeah. ever especially the saints row 4 version of it because if you get hit enough times you go nuclear and then anything you touch just explodes and it just checks all of the boxes of like made for eric made for eric made for eric made for eric <laughs> it's like i love it everything's fantastic about it so um i still that's the only one i've still never finished i should probably get through to finishing it i think i'm somewhat close but um yeah the other one that I have probably should have made my list last year, but I guess I forgot the rules that it you could have played the game up to the show. Didn't have to be in the previous year. But Forza Horizon, uh, the latest one. Was it Horizon 5? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Fantastic. And then my last honorable mention is uh, probably something that is going to make the list next year, but I just didn't put enough time into it to really make it worthwhile putting in the list but that's uh horizon forbidden west oh, oh. yeah yeah interesting nice yeah. i think i honestly only put about 10 hours into that game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as before came out the wrong time like it's yeah 
I, I would just, who is it, Gorilla Games? Is that who makes it? Yep. Yes. I would be furious if I were their <laughs> board of directors or whoever. And like, can't you guys look at a freaking calendar and like <laughs> maybe change this? The thing is, the first one still did really well, but like over time. Right. Mm. So, And I think this one will too, but those guys deserve a solid video game launch. I mean, you were going up a game uh, up against Elden Ring. It came out, what, within a week? Of Elden Ring, mm. Elden Ring has been uh, anticipated for Jesus seven years. Yeah, and Horizon, the the second Horizon is like what three? There's no way you're going to compete, and it's it it's from software, and it just took the world by storm. So it did get overshadowed, and quite frankly, it fell victim to the thing where if if I play a game and then I step away from it long enough there becomes enough time where I've forgotten everything that's happened. And the thought of like starting over, mm. I struggle with starting games over and I I just need to, I'm going to lose 13, 14 hours of gameplay and just start over. But I, I want to, because I want to experience that game in its fullest. Well, see, even me who obviously normally plays a game to completion, I dropped off for horizon. I finished it. I finished the story, but there's so much side content and the side missions are so good on that game. I kind of want to go back to it. Yeah. Even my so brother-in-law I'm, was talking to me about it. And it's like, I, I really struggle with it because he's kind of like you where he physically can't progress through an area unless everything's off the map. <sighs> and he's like, I just struggle with Horizon because there's just so much to do. And I, I know exactly where I quit. It's right when you get to the first tall neck and you open up that map. And I remember vividly watching all of this shit populate on the map and just going... Oh my God, that's a lot of stuff to do. And instead, I kind of, I, I wish I could retrain myself to look at that and go like, oh, look at all the stuff I get to do. But like right now, when no. maybe at that time, there was just so much other stuff I wanted to play that I saw that happen. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have time for this. Yeah, Screw this, feel, war's on. Feels like busy work. Yeah. So um, those are my three honorable mentions. Nice. Is it me? It's you, Dan. So I've got, first of all, Little Nightmares. I have played that this year, too. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So, hands down, possibly the most interested in a video game that my girlfriend has ever been. How is this not your number <laughs> one? <laughs> she came in the room, she started watching a little bit. Before I knew it, she'd been in there for two hours watching me play on a video game, which never happens. Wow. Ever. God damn. Good for she her. Absolutely loved it. She got proper into it. She was like, "I was getting chased by monsters." And she go, "Get away! Get away!" <laughs> so fun. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I've been toying with the idea of getting the second one, but it's always a little bit too expensive. I feel because the first one was very short. How long is it? About eight hours. I feel like I should play it. I keep keep hearing good things about it. It's really good. It's a neat little game. It's just kind of. So whether it's worth. A lot of money. Yeah, I think I'll get it. It actually looks really nice. Like just looking at the artwork now. For number two, uh, the first one. Um, I bought both of it, them when I, they were on sale on PSN for real cheap. I swear they're on PS Plus or something. Or I believe they're on the premium tier. No, I don't have that. Or the ex- I or think the extra tier or whatever. It, it was free with Epic, I think, so I could probably play it okay. there. Yeah, I definitely give it a try, Tom. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Excellent. Um, my second game, and the only reason that this has not graced my top ten list because it's been quite a strong year. So nice, the Hedgepig Frontiers. 
Wow. Oh. How is this not on your list? Because there's just been so many good games this year. <laughs> Which I kind of feel the opposite. I struggled to put my list together this I year. I did too, actually. I did. So. Oh, okay. I feel yeah. like I've played quite a lot of good that's, games. That's before. on my list of things. I bought that game for... Ellie. Well, go ahead. I'll let you talk about it since it's your honorable mention. But it's um, it's kind of... It's not. It's nothing like any other Sonic game, really. It's it's very, very, very different, but very, very enjoyable. Uh, there's certain elements I don't like, like the world is quite bland and stuff like that. But once you start to unlock kind of the loop de loops and the grind rails and stuff, there's just stuff to do everywhere. There's always something to bounce off or just rocket round like a lunatic. It's dead fun. <laughs> Have it's, you beat uh, it? I just feel like kind of it's a good proof of concept for the next game. It's kind of. Did you did you beat it? Yes, I've beat it. How long did it take? Fifteen to twenty. Damn! You plow through games. Holy crap! <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, on my list, I've got, and you're gonna, you're gonna finally rejoice because I've played Uncharted: Lost Legacy this year. Ooh. Uh, at last, a couple hours with Chloe. <laughs> Which yeah, is a like very it? enjoyable little Uncharted side adventure, I thought. I very much enjoyed the open world aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I thought very that neat. was pretty thought that was pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. The little Just, again, again, only reason it's not on the top ten is because I think the things I've played are a bit better than it. Fair enough. Do you think we're ever gonna see another Uncharted? I don't know. I, maybe I a, based on the ending I, of four, maybe it'll be the person that they showed in the end of four. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe. I, I, I wonder if Naughty Dog, though, are kind of like, they'd probably rather do something new. Yeah. I think they're working on Last of Us Part 3. And Part 3, obviously, yeah. But, Did you guys watch the Uncharted movie? No. No, Tom Holland, I, is it? He is a terrible Nathan Drake. Yeah. I liked the movie. The ending, there's a there's a sequence at the end that's about 15 minutes long. Like, this is freaking awesome like that is uncharted in movie format and it it was just really neat but the two people that they cast for it even when they were like well they're supposed to be younger i still couldn't buy it i just wasn't into it yeah who what who wants that we want nathan drake like we know nathan drake right and i feel like i like tom holland i think he's great but i feel like he's this actor that hollywood is just trying to like force on us like you're gonna like him you gotta like him you're gonna love him it's like I do, but like, you know, take them out of my throat for a minute. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah, enough. You're, he is kind of being oversaturated, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Good choices, Dan. Thank you. What's yours? Um. So my three honorable mentions are, well, Horizon Forbidden West, because same as Eric, I play put about. 10, 12 hours in, really like what I've played, but I just, other games came out around it and that was it. I was lost and I need to go back and I'm struggling to go back because now I'm finding other things to play and it's just like, I, I need kinda to take wanna, a and... I want to beat it before uh, Call of the Mountain comes out. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, yeah, that's actually, the goal. Shit, a lot's Call happened since. Mountain. Is that what it's called? That's the That's the VR version. Yeah, I want to beat it before Call of the Mountain comes out. Oh, it's, that's a separate side story. I don't think you need to. Oh, well, either way. Um, mm. But yeah, I pre-ordered PSVR 2. So, mm-hmm. ooh, nice. I wish I could afford one. <laughs> oh, punch to the wallet right there. 
Um, what's the DLC called that's coming out for that? Burning Shores. Yes. When is that? I don't think they've dated it yet. So maybe what I'll do then is I'll wait till that comes out and just play through it all at once because I never played through Frozen Wilds on the original. Oh, oh Frozen that's Wilds is so, so good. good. Frozen Wilds I is never amazing. Play, I never got that when Horizon first came out and then I got it on yep. the cheap ages later and I ended up playing through the entire thing again. Me too, me too. I played through it all again just to play Frozen Wilds. Because it's like, what, a 15-hour DLC? It's a solid 15 hours, but like it's really, it's just really well done and it adds so much more to the story. Oh, I love um, the story from the first one. Yeah. The storyline of the second one is also really good. Yes. Um, I will get to it. We, My second honorable mention is a game called A Musical Story. Okay, uh, here I, we go. I think it was on... I think <laughs> it was on games. It was on Game Pass, you bastards. <laughs> What's that? Even so, Tom, nobody's ever heard of it. No, Only you have. would find it. <laughs> uh, it's just like a... It's just a rhythm game. It's not, it's, it's pretty light. It's just, um, you're in a freaking camper van going from West to East coast to perform with your band. It's in the set in the seventies. Uh, and then you're meeting people along the way. And every time a new scene happens, you enter another like stage of, you know, uh, like you know, playing a new track or whatever i've ended up listening to the su- soundtrack on the way to work on spotify because it's that good i'm not oh. a big 70s music guy me either but, you know like i just never really kind of kind of got with the 70s but something about this one has kind of pushed my love for it a little bit you know uh, further towards it so yeah I mean, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I think it was only a couple hours long. Um, so, yeah, that one. Is that your last one? No, the other one was uh, Chained Echoes. Did you beat so, that? Oh, yeah. Chained Echoes, I got 14, 15 hours in. I think I've got a bit of time left. The middle, the middle has fallen a little bit, which is why I didn't end up in my my main list. Like the, it's got a little bit stale, um, but it has a really cool battle system. It's a, it's basically a uh, a JRPG indie indie JRPG on Game Pass, um, and it was made by one developer. So I was very impressed by the fact that it's just like a one man team over a six or seven year period. Um, so I kind of just wanted to support uh, support them. Um, I, I've started it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the story. The storyline is a little bit like Final Fantasy twelve. It's very. Uh, Ooh, that, okay, I'm listening. It, you can almost hear Eric's ears perk up there. <laughs> you said Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy twelve. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, nice pixel art, and um, yeah, I don't know, it, like turn-based classic. JRPG style. We're always interested in those games, and and uh, I'll always give those a whirl. And this one was was pretty good. Good music. Um, and the, the writing is just a little bit off because the the developer is German, and so I think he did all the writing himself into English, and so it's a little little stilted here and there. Um, but if you can see past that, there's a good battle system underneath and a, and a good game. And that's on Game Pass. It is. It is. Um, so it's that def- was my- it's definitely up your shit, a good P. Yeah. 
Yeah, them's my three on Mensch. And That's onwards good... to missed anticipated, Mr. Peterson. Oh, I think we should do that at the end. Like okay. that's that closes us then out. Hushy my mouth. Top ten <laughs> games, please. Top ten. Here we go. Are you guys ready to get this started? It, put in go. some sort of like googly dude loo music or whatever you call it, and here we go. Um, my number ten. I am a huge fan of dungeon crawlers. Like I grew up on them. Um, so anytime I get a chance to just kind of go back in. I remember Zach talking about Symphony of the Night being his palate cleanser. Whenever I've played something that just has been really intense or takes a lot of energy, I always just hop back into a dungeon crawler because it's just mindless. That's why I loved um, Diablo Immortal on, on, that's not what it is, but like I love Diablo Immortal on, on Portable because I could just like quickly hop in, kill some hordes, and then go about my day. But dungeon crawlers have, have really just kind of died off recently. And it's kind of a, a genre that, you know, until you and I found Grim Dawn, yeah. like, I really hadn't been able to scratch that itch. But there's one series that has somehow recaptured the magic of the original, like, early 2000s dungeon crawlers. And that's the Torchlight series. And I played through Torchlight 2 again. Uh, so that's my number 10. It's just a We're magical not coming in a million years yeah it's just a <laughs> magical dungeon crawler i've wanted to pick up torchlight 3 but i was in the midst of this and i didn't want to like butt two torchlight games up to each other but i remember when the first one came out i was like what the hell is this oh yeah great another dungeon crawler that's just gonna suck i mean what's the one that we played on ps3 dungeon hunter alliance or something yeah um, i think so it was okay but like it just lacked that soul of a true dungeon crawler. And I don't know what it is about Torchlight. It just recaptures that magic where I would, it became my bedtime game. I'd hop into bed and I'd play for 45 minutes and just plow through hordes of enemies and the quests were engaging and the story, the the world was absolutely colossal. Um, Character development was really neat, but more often than that, it was just fun to play. And I think that's ultimately what makes a dungeon crawler great. It's like, is it fun to play? Are the mm-hmm. spells cool? Are the the skills cool? Are there tons of enemies? Because if you go through a dungeon crawler and you're fighting like two or three enemies at a time, not very fun. But if there's like 40 coming at you, that's great. That's why Grim Dawn was great. Because it'd be like 100 enemies and you go sky shards and then guts everywhere. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love a new Champions of Norath. Oh my awesome. God, it would be so awesome. Yeah. And I guess I'm really excited for the continuation of the Baldur's Gate, like waiting for that to come out of green light. I've... I know I could go play it on Steam right now, but I want to wait till it's done, dusted, and ready to go so I get the full experience off the bat. New Diablo is coming soon as well, isn't it? I know. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic for that because the launch of 3 was was not super great. <laughs> but Should yeah. I play 3? Diablo 3? Yeah, absolutely. I'll play through See, it with I've, you. I've got it on Switch, and I think I've only done about two levels. I just don't How does it run on Switch? Fine. I would imagine that the Switch would melt in my hands playing that game. I think it was fine. I can't remember. I haven't played much of it at all. I just remember playing it. My brother-in-law came down and we were just kind of playing through a bunch of random games. And I asked him if he'd ever played Diablo 3. And he goes, no, but I loved 1 and 2. So we fired it up. And three and a half hours later, we're still playing Diablo 3. Uh, just absolute chaos. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I love a free, I love a dungeon crawler. There's just something about it. So, yeah, that's my number 10. Excellent. Nice. Is it Very me? Good. It is you, Daniel. Yeah, it is. All right. 
Well, oh, so let me go. set the scene for you here. <laughs> a few years ago, I got a job in a nightclub as a bouncer. I know the what bouncer, PS2. That's the perfect <laughs> job for a burly fellow like Dan Curtis. The club I was working at called The Galaxy, and I worked with another bloke on the door as well. Together, we were the guardians of the galaxy. Oh my god. god. I'm just going to end this <laughs> no. thing right now. Unplug it. We're done. It's, hap- it's happening. Go with it. <laughs> oh, I've heard some bad setups in my day. <laughs> <laughs> They're meant to be bad. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, good choice. It's uh, Guardians choice. of the Galaxy, which I played on Game Pass at the start of the year. What a great game. It's so fun. Dan, I started it like three days ago. Oh, did you? So I'm interested to hear. I haven't finished it it yet. Obviously, we've all got an idea of what the Guardians of the Galaxy are like because of the movies. But this does its own thing with an entirely new set of Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's just so funny and it's so good. And it has such a good storyline all the way through. I remember being very... um standoffish with it because I'm like but those aren't the guardians like i love drax i love chris pratt and i love you know bradley cooper's rocket and i got into the game and went oh yeah fuck those guys these guys are awesome it was yeah, just it's just it's so well done it's kind of it snuck out out of nowhere almost like a kind of double a release but it's so good it was it so poorly marketed too you what it was poorly marketed oh 100 yeah. i mean like, you've got the all-singing-all-dancing-crap live-service Avengers game, which literally yesterday got the pull, the plug pulled on it. Or you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, which got hardly any marketing, which is by far the superior game. And it's long. Holy oh, crap, yeah, that really game is really long. long. Uh, much to nobody's surprise, I have not finished it yet, but it became a game that Christy and I played together, and I, I know we're right at the tail end. I remember asking somebody who'd beaten it, and they're like, yeah, you got like an hour and a half left. My problem with that game is that whenever I started playing it, I'd fall asleep. I don't know what it is. There are one of them again. (laughs) There are just a handful of games. Um, One of them was Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, which I don't know why that was one of them. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I just posted it on Facebook. I'm drawing a blank as to what it was. God of War. War. Yeah, God of War. Ragnarok. I don't know what it was. Anytime I'd start playing that, I would just fall asleep. Doesn't matter if it's eight in the morning or midnight. I'd fall asleep. Weird. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but <laughs> I think I maybe <laughs> that there's is funny. yeah. It's, it's a it's it's odd, but yeah, that's it's um, a great game. Nah, that's awesome. That's awesome, Dan. That's a. Uh, I'm looking forward to pushing through. I yeah, I I'm, I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I've never seen the movies, so I have no oh, con- yeah. no connection here. Oh, interesting. So, um, so for me, these guys are probably going to be the Guardians that I, that yeah. I know. Um, yeah. I, I'm reluctant to say more about it if you're playing it, Tom, because it's so enjoyable. But Oh, fair enough. I think I you'll really that. enjoy it. I really do. In mm. fact, I'm going to early prediction it's going to be on your list for this year. Oh, shit. Nice. Well, I'm excited now. Um, Just stick right. with it. I will. I will. Uh, so my number 10 um is a one of the most relaxing games i played over 2022 and it is an indie game and it is called unpacking i was gonna guess that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just honestly a really nice game where story is just told through a person's possessions you know uh 
level one, you're unpacking your like childhood bedroom. Um, level two, you've gone to college, you're unpacking a, so you're unpacking a, like a, like a dorm level three, you're in a one bed apartment, you know, but the, the important thing is, is like, whilst it sounds so like boring that you would just be unpacking boxes and putting things on shelves, putting, uh, putting a computer on a desk, putting clothes on hangers and socks in drawers, doesn't sound very exhilarating, but like it, you're learning about this character through the things that they have. So it's like, you know, you unpack some paintbrushes, like, oh, this person's an artist or uh, a poster for their favorite band. Or uh, there's one, at one point you unpack like their console and it's basically a GameCube. Yeah. Um, and you can see, even if you, zo- if you zoom in on the spines of the games, like you can see what the games are supposed to be, you know, Mario Kart, Double Dash and stuff like that. Um, and and then, you know, you get to like the first, uh, you get to the first larger apartment, you know, you unpack a toothbrush, then you unpack a second toothbrush. It's like, oh, so now, you know, they're, they've moved in with a partner perhaps. And, uh, or, you know, they're in a relationship, a committed relationship. And I just, I just know it it was something to do with the, the relaxing Zen like thing of just unpacking someone's room, but also being fed little pieces of story uh like passively through um well it's a sad story too and a sad story i didn't want to yeah Yeah. you know yeah um sorry spoilers i feel like this is (laughs) how i feel about power wash simulator (laughs) yeah so i played through unpacking as well and Mm. i completely agree it was a very cathartic experience yeah that's the word i'm looking for if it's very cathartic i just would like i'm not i don't normally play those kind of games really like the 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 you know I, I don't know it, it, it wasn't uh, like there was no text or hook or anything but it was just like I'm just doing this thing and I'm just learning about it through like and the zen music in the background as well well it just kind of carried me through and it would tick Dan's box of like well, there's just one more box I gotta I gotta open that box and like find out what's yeah. in there and put it away and then you get that box out of the way like well, there's another box. I got to see what's in there. And then before you know it, you're digging through all of them in two hours. Yeah. It's not oh, long. Right. It's I'll only it to the list. It's only like no. four hours long. And it's on that. It's on that game pass thing. Yeah. The thing that so, you paid money to sit on your shelf. Yeah. You know, the one. Yeah. That one. Um, yeah. So I'm packing. It's a good game. Music's great too. Love it. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, all right, on, Eric. Nine, number nine. Let's hear it. On to number nines. Oh man, I can, I can literally hear Zach squealing from Georgia. Uh, he has been hounding me for years to play this game, and I finally caved in, bought it on Switch, and became I know what it is. Absolutely obsessed with it until the point where I remembered that with games this old, you cannot walk away from them. For any period of time, because when you come back, no idea where you're at and you can't search how to figure out where you're at. And that is the original fantasy star on Master System. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Obscure start to my list here, but I don't know what it was about. I, I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but I played the Sega Ages version of it, which they've made a few updates. So a lot of times... You go into a dungeon, for example, and it it goes to first person, which is really neat. 
but they're these labyrinths that you just if you played the original you would just kind of have to remember where to go but in the ages version they'd give you a top-down map off to the side um that you would uh be able to follow your progress through but there's just something really captivating about it and um Mm. I hit a point about 10 hours into it where I just could not physically remember where to go. Uh, It just became really, really convoluted because now you're bouncing between different planets. And what I like in modern RPGs is that if you forget where to go, you can talk to people and just like piece together the clues of what you're supposed to do. But this is one of those games where you talk to somebody and they said the same thing that they've said at the beginning of the game because they are truly a non-player character and they have no (laughs) basis for importance within the game. Right. But I can see why this series stuck around. It's kind of a shame that it didn't really hold more of a more of its weight against Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. It is kind of the underdog within the RPG realm. But man, it's it's just a really neat little 15 hour, 10 hour RPG romp. See, I've never played one. I I, I don't know if I would honestly recommend starting with the really old ones, but... Got to start somewhere, son. I've played one of them. It was on the 360, and it was online only, I think. Fantasy Star Online. I remember playing that on Dreamcast. Yeah. I don't even remember if it was good. Dreamcast really was, yeah. (laughs) People using dial-up internet to play that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that's back when shit wasn't as big, you know, just packets were smaller. (laughs) It's true. But yeah, Fantasy Star. Um, I don't really know. That's really cool. Um, To have like a a real classic on your list, I think is really cool. And, you know, the music on it was fantastic. Uh, I was shocked at how good a game could look on the Master System. Mm. I, I never, this is, I think this is the first Master System game I've ever played. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it was not wasn't, a popular system in North America. It wasn't. Um, mainly because the boxes would look like shit on the shelf. Like, they are the most hideously designed the grid. boxes. Yeah, they're the, just <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. Looks like somebody was just trying to print something out on, and uh, you guys all had white NESs. papers. I think yeah. that was the big one. Uh, South America, the mass system's pretty big. Uh, or was, or whatever. But yeah. I think I'll probably dive further into it. Um, there are some of the Fantasy Star games on PSP, right? Shit, yes. I don't know. I probably I don't know how many there is. Yeah. It is. It's called Fantasy Star Portable. You know, really threw the name together on that one. <laughs> it's like calling any game on the N64 something, something, something 64. Yep, every time. Could you imagine <laughs> if they still did that now with the console? It's got a War 5 because it's on the PS5. <laughs> God of War, whatever teraflops it is. Yep. Uh, Thanks, Mark. It kind of reminded me a little bit of playing Star Ocean. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I, I got that feeling too from Fantasy Star Online that it felt like Star Ocean, The Last Hope, Yeah, which is also on that same console. Speaking of which, how I depressing like is it that the Divine Force just did not do as well? Oh, I was so pumped has for just that. gone downhill badly i feel like they never do particularly well they just kind of come they out. don't the last one that did well was on the ps2 i think it's called till the end of time yeah which uh, i still really want to play yeah me too i just haven't got around to it but it's on ps it's on psn you can play it's in you know 16 by 9 remastered 
not remastered, but whatever. It's like you said till the end of time, or yeah, yeah. What's a new hope on? Is that PS3? Oh, last hope was yeah Xbox 360 and possibly PS3. Yep, but it wasn't very. It wasn't great, man. Unfortunately, it was. I like that's where it started to go down. Yeah, the box box art for till the end of time is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's too many good RPGs to play. I know. Lost Odyssey. PS2 was genuinely... Yes, Lost Odyssey. The last good era of solid RPGs. I think so. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you had, is having a resurgence lately. It is, but like you had your Dark Clouds, you had Rogue Galaxy, you had the Star Ocean games, you had Final Fantasy X, Shadow 10, 2, Hearts, 12, Shadow Breath Hearts. Breath of yeah. Fire. Yeah. They were just you know, cranking them out. Apparently Breath of Fire... Dragon Quarter on PS2 is really good. good. Which one? Yeah. Lord of the Rings, the Third Age. Excellent game. No, but Tom, would you say Breath of Fire? Uh, Dragon Quarter for PS2 is supposedly like excellent. And I never touched it. I loved Breath of Fire 4. And I I enjoyed 3 as well. 3 and 4 on the PS1 were stellar games. 2 on the Game Boy Advance was fantastic as well. Yeah, 2 is really good as well. 1 is a little too rough now, like to go back to. Yeah. But yeah you know you know it is not to but. not to deviate too far from where we're at but did you ever play the wild arms games uh that i really wanted to play the first one because apparently thematically i'd really like it someone right. told me it's um, like a, a wild west cowboy rpg and i just yeah i couldn't get into it yeah i i, I played I, I played wild nine <laughs> nope I've heard not of the that. same game <laughs> wild nine's really good actually i used to really enjoy that you get to you get a tractor beam thing and just chuck enemies into torture devices. It's brilliant. Add that <laughs> to the list. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was, I knew that would pique your interest. Yeah. Dan, what's your number nine? Well, Eric, oh, lightning doesn't strike twice, right? Wrong. But just ask Gerald. After being fried on a golf course and nursed back to health, he stepped out the hospital doors and was struck once again. Damn, said a nearby nurse outside having a fag. Lightning returns. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yes, it's Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Can we just skip over Dan each time? <laughs> I'm committed to the badness. Yeah, I know you are. Fuck it has to happen. Sake. It's tradition. Go away. You really put a lot of effort into these. I did. And you just shit all over it. Every it's tradition. Year. It's tradition. I can't I make know. you feel good. Yeah. Uh, so they chucked all the Final Fantasy games on Game Pass, basically, uh, including Lightning Returns. I was like, oh, I'll try that again. And Did they get I the Series it. X upgrade? Yes. Ooh. They put all the shiny ones on. It plays at 60 FPS. It's very Ooh. nice. Uh, Lightning Returns is great. Final Fantasy Thirteen series is a bit of a mess, to be honest. Yeah. The second one's pretty good. I played that as well. Uh, second one's pretty good. Uh, Lightning Returns is kind of has that unique time mechanic, and really refines the battle system to a really good thing. Where you I, only control lightning, but it's really fast paced, and you kind of it incorporates elements of the dress spheres from Final Fantasy Ten too as well. Oh, it's more yeah, action yeah. RPG based, isn't it? Yeah. But, it's it's kind of it's still kind of that turn based combat from Final Fantasy Thirteen, but refined to be faster. I remember vividly so, playing that at E three one of the years that I was there and absolutely loving it. 
Someone told and then I bought three recently, copies of it and never played it. <laughs> someone told me very recently that the combat in Lightning Returns sort of paved the way a little bit towards what it is with re- with the remake, with 7 Remake. Does it feel a bit oh, like that? A, a bit, but less kind of control, I would say. Okay. Because in Remake, you can move around the battlefield willy-nilly. You can move a bit on Lightning Returns, but it's still kind of very kind of insular and around that kind of fight against that particular monster. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really enjoyable and kind of caps off the storyline very well. It kind of, I'm not going to spoil the end, but it kind of brings everything full circle and okay, nice returns it to the start. Yeah, well, I mean, you've never finished 13, so you don't even know how that finishes. But I got further this last time I played through. I got which is into amazing. Grand Pulse. I've tried that game twice, and I, you know, what killed it. me this last playthrough is I really wanted to get all of their. Yes, I wanted to get all of their <laughs> ultimate weapons, and I was on track to do that. But then, like, had I not done that and just gone to the end, I would have beaten it. But a ball yeah. and a half to get the ultimate weapons on thirteen. I was going to get the trapeze headrons, I believe, which were only dropped by the massive adamantoys things. Yeah, which are really hard to kill, and it's a rare drop. Maybe I should just fire up the PS3 and. Wrap it up. Why don't you just play it on Game Pass? Because I don't want to start over. Okay. Actually, <laughs> it's weird. So, th- 13, 13, 2, and Lightning Returns are all on Game Pass. 13 isn't Series X optimized, but 2 and Lightning Returns are. Yeah, this is classic but Microsoft. Wasn't game. 13 only released on PS3, though? Uh, yes, no. I believe so. No. Yeah. I That's why I bought it on 360 when it came out. Oh. Four, four, like had four discs, or well, three discs. Did was you have it to really boil the fourth one? No, no, no. no. <laughs> so I was working at the a game store at the time, and I went home with it on three sixty. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Apparently, it's on iOS as well. I could play it on my phone. I think Jeez. I honestly had it for three sixty at the time because I got a three sixty before I got the PS three. Yeah, because the PS three was just like stupid money. Like five hundred pounds to buy one, which, if you adjust for inflation, is probably like nine hundred dollar console in two thousand and seven. But yes, Lightning Returns, hearty pip pip for me. Lots of fun, really cool time mechanic where you're going to get pushed to do things before it all runs out. Otherwise, it all goes away. And with my com- obsession with completing things, it just kind of spurs me on even faster. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. yeah. Tom, you're number nine, sir. Yeah, well, um, pretty easy one. My number nine <laughs> is uh, Formula One 2020. So now, I thought about choosing this as one of your, to- as your top game of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I tried, the reason I didn't play 2021 was because uh, they, they, they messed around with some of the mechanics. They also axed a bunch of features in 2021 um f1 2020 i got really into the career mode uh bought a wheel for it like a pretty inexpensive one but it worked pretty well um having watched the whole season this year of f1 uh started getting back into the games again and they're really good they're all done by codemasters which is like those guys know what they're doing when they make a racing game you know they make the grid series micro machines (laughs) 
they also make uh, the Dirt Rally games and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they're really good. So tw- F1 2020, as well as having all the new cars, uh, also has the classic uh, section. So you can drive cars from the McLaren from the 80s, uh, the early 2000s Ferraris, the the uh, the, the Renault that uh, Alonso won the championship in in, in mid-2000s. And they're all like the... the, the v8 engines and they got all the 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 correct engine sounds and it's just like if you're really into like motor racing they offer you a lot in the classic mode um but yeah and then the career is pretty cool because it's a bit of a cross between uh actually racing for a team but then also kind of managing so you can like train uh your uh your second driver to be better and then you can also buy upgrades for the car and um you have to keep morale up in the team so it's got a bit of a management aspect to it but the racing is where it's at and it just feels really good i've been playing on as i've got better at the game i've started like turning off certain things like breaking brake assist and racing lines and uh i have a full sim i I run it in like not full sim but I'm, i'm pretty close to it now uh you know to the point where even if you crash once that's basically retirement that's it uh, but I I get really into that like I, that makes it feel the the risk you know like you're you you've you've driven for like ten laps and you're trying to get first and if you hit the guy that's it you're out of the race so it's like trying to find that optimal moment and cut shave off the the milliseconds every every lap and just See, pushing it pushing hard that um, goes against my Gran Turismo approach of things of the cars that are brakes. already in the corner. <laughs> those are my breaks and i yeah. use them to bank around and like that's fun i i i like playing like that on a lot of racing games um but for for f1 i i try and uh I, i'm enjoying the simulation aspect i guess um so i would like uh, to get one of the really nice wheels and play that but again i feel like yeah. my addictive personality with that would just take it too far see did either of you get gran turismo 7 Oh, I did not, but I'm no. going to now that it's going to be I, VR supported. See, it's yeah, the VR yeah. version. If it's the full game, that's a killer app for it. I think I kind oh, of would sure. love to try a racing game in VR, like a proper racing game, like like Gran Turismo. I think that would be amazing. Um, I see people with setups for people who play F1 and stuff, and they have the full like racing chair with the like the absolute setup as if they were like actually in a in a car, you know, like. But that's 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 a rabbit hole. I don't want to. I always wondered why people, when they made those, made the car, made the the chair look like they're basically laying down. And then I was I was watching some YouTube video where one of the F1 drivers was kind of taking you through. Um, it was uh, not Nico Hulkenberg. Um, I can't remember it, his name. Was one it of Joylin? The, Joylin? No, one Palmer? of the Swedish guys. Um, oh, Valtteri Valtteri Bottas uh, took you through. Oh his car and you're essentially laying down yeah you're basically the way to compare it is if you're lying in a bathtub with your feet on the taps that's how driving an f1 car is yeah and when i'm driving down the road and i look into other people's car you see some people with their seats so far reclined it's like first of all if i were in the back seat i'd be pissed off but second that's (laughs) dangerous as shit you can't see anything so i don't think i could drive an f1 car (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i gotta sit up. i'd be the only guy in the track like sitting straight up my head <laughs> yeah. would be way above the halo <laughs> <laughs> look at that bald dome look at that nerd i know well 
uh, in the in the most recent F1 season, they they introduced the uh, the helmet cam, yes. so you can really see from now like the driver's perspective what exactly they can see, and it's, it's like it's not much. It's not much. It's pretty amazing that they're able to do this. Um, at two hundred and fifty miles an hour. Yeah, it's just wild, honestly. Um, so yeah, it's been fun playing the games. So nice. That's my number n- number nine. All so right, my number eight. Yeah. There is still much debate about how to even pronounce the title of this game. But I will uh, I'll take my best stab at it. But it, it's kind of an amalgamation of nine different RPGs pushed into one game. And that's a little Switch title called Live Alive. Oh. Live Alive. I, live Alive? Leave Alive. Yes. Leave Alive. It's a soft L, Ive Ive. But yeah, name. it's it was one of those just out of left field RPGs that hit. Um, kind of kind of has a little Octopath Traveler feel to it, where yeah. there's somewhat of an overarching story, but you have eight or nine—I can't remember how many people it is—but eight or nine different characters, all set within different time periods, and their stories can be anywhere from an hour to three hours long, and. Each of them has a different gameplay loop or gameplay style. One of them is just pure exposition. Another one is ninja, and it's very heavily based on stealth. There's an entire Wild West cowboy scene where it's all about fighting in a saloon and then a showdown in the middle of the street and setting traps for people, you know, the the uh, raiders coming into town. Mm-hmm. Um, another one's set in the distant future on a space station or the caveman era. So it just kind of spreads across a wide variety of topics and genres. Um, one of the the favorite ones that I played was, I think it was the more modern day era, but you had the ability to read people's mind. So you could just be walking around town or in the city streets and just press Y and just hear what people are thinking around you. And that just adds little snippets to what you're doing. So it, it seems like it was a game that was created out of developers just trying ideas. Like, what if we made an RPG with this idea? Like, okay, let's try it out and make a little, like, small little vertical slice of it. And then they're like, well, what if we tried this? And then they just tied it all together with a neat little story. Mm. Nice. Did you see? Did you finish it? Or are you somewhere, like, near the end? <laughs> this guy hasn't finished a game in 10 years, Tom. He gets distracted by Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not um it's long it's it's pretty long yeah, i've beaten um, six of the eight i just i yeah. dip back into it every once in a while and it's kind of neat because as long as you can remember the overarching concept that connects all of them you don't really mm. need to remember much about the game yes that's and fair. you can bounce through them in any order you want so it's worth mentioning that it was a a, a japanese only game in the 1994 on the super famicom yep um such a random one to bring back yeah, yeah right I i'm just, glad they clearly did though. there was there yeah. were, clearly there was something there and they thought what should we localize next square so square enix man they could dive into so much of their backlog of japanese only games from the 90s and be like let's make some cash let's yep. uh let's localize this thing like because people you know the west loves jrpgs like it's just you know have done for years <laughs> it's like nintendo with the ds it, it'll just print money 
it, it really will. I mean, look at, you know, Seven Remake, you know, for example. It's like... Because I, I don't want to disparage what we do here in the West with our RPGs, but they're just not as good. Yeah. Oh, they're just not quite there, are they, really? You know, there's a bit of a magic to the ones that are made over there. There's a culture around it. I know you have this, Tom. Did you ever crack it open or is it still sitting sealed? Um, I have it, but I have it sealed. Yeah, I'm going to get around to it, obviously. I want. I mean, what better way to keep a birthday present from me than sealed, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what you would have wanted. That's what I want. Don't you dare open this, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I hate you both. I hate you. All right, Dan, tell us your story. Okay. So I need to ask you both a personal question for this one. Seriously, do you ever struggle with getting it up sometimes? No. Is getting it to ascend sometimes a real problem? Have you ever said to your other half, lately, darling, it's just such a trial getting it to rise? It's trials rising. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. Only Dan could, could connect a side-scrolling motorbike <laughs> challenge game to erectile dysfunction. Trials rising. Uh, interesting. Trials rising. I did not imagine this on your list at all. So, um, explain yourself. Yeah, I got um, PS Plus Premium for like the remainder of my subscription for the year, and Trials Rising was on there. And I remembered I played one of the Trials games a long time ago, and it was really fun. And so I downloaded Rising, and before I knew it, I got a little bit obsessed. Why didn't you tell us? Because we could have had a friendly competition. I think I yeah. did. Oh, did you? To WhatsApp. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, um, so for those familiar, it's just um, Trials Rising is basically a very physics-based challenge side-scrolling motorbike game, which is gets so difficult, it's unbelievable, <laughs> and so intricate with the moves that you've got to do and stuff like that. But I got really good at it. <laughs> he did tell nice. us on 9-7, I've got hopelessly addicted to Trials Rising. It's, but uh, we played that happened, when it originally it came out. What? We played that when it originally came out too and competed Did against we? each other. Was it, it was Trials Fusion, I think. Trials Fusion, oh. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, there's a bunch of these. And I, I completely forgot about it until I saw it in that list and I was like, I remember playing that and I really liked it. So I thought I'll try it again. It's and a then, stupid I, concept I, that's just hopelessly addicting. Yeah. It's kind of like Ali Ali. Like I, I, love, I don't know I love why the end I of like every this. track how he just crashes into something and like, dies or gets launched into the air or gets crushed by something. <laughs> just, it's just brilliant. So good. But I, I, there was some levels I think I literally spent about two hours trying to get past. Jesus, did you destroy those games? I remember playing a lot on my on phones actually. Oh yeah, uh, God, yeah. they must be hard to play on a phone. Yeah, they, especially with yeah. tilt controls. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, it was with the tilt controls actually. Oh no. I know, I know. You need a controller for the intricacies of that. You really it's do. true, especially for the later levels. Yeah, I didn't see this one coming. And yeah, lots and lots of fun, but also nice. really frustrating. Oh, nice. I think there was many a time that Crystal came in my room when I was playing a game on a night, like to call me downstairs to watch TV or something. I was like, I can't stop. I need to do it. Like, this Get isn't little nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> get that on there <laughs> oh nice that's a good good choice Dan thanks Tom you're number uh, eight 
My number eight is um uh this game's so good. It, I almost wanted to put it higher, but it's there's not enough there for it to be higher, but it's so good. It is a low poly 3D platformer in the era of like Sega Saturn early PlayStation Klonoa days. Ooh. And it is called Lunastus. Have you guys played Lunastus? Never Clearly even not. <laughs> Man, that game is phenomenal. I think Dan would lap this up. Luna. It is just, I don't know, like, they just nailed it. It's like a time attack platforming. Um, It's about, it's only a few hours long, if that. I think it's $5 on Steam. That's where I got it. But you can, it's also on Switch. And I oh, think shit, I'm, I'm in. It's... It reminds me of Nights into Dreams and yeah. Klonoa, like those early platformers. It feels good to play. Um, Ooh, I'm hooked good. just on the box I just, art. I just kept going with it. I just kept trying to beat my times. Um, it it's really fast-paced as well. Yeah, fast-paced. You have to just collect these paper cranes and uh, you can. there's some collectibles you can grab, but you're ultimately just trying to get to the end as quick as possible. But I just got really hooked onto it. Couldn't stop it's playing definitely it. Definitely some so nice the hedge pig influence here. Yes, I yes, think definitely. I'm confusing this with the other. There was another Switch game that you were playing that was kind of it, oh neon say, white. Yeah, yeah, that's a great game too. I wonder that's, if that's, that's your so, number that's one totally on Tom's list. By the way, I wonder if that's your number one. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking that now that I've remembered. No, I don't like. I don't know if I want uh, to live in a universe where that beats out Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, what about if Power Wash Simulator and that beat Elden Ring? I'm just going to delete question. the show. <laughs> you know, simple as that. Now that you've mentioned this, like, I was trying to find a physical copy, or I want to find a physical copy of the Klonoa that just came out on PS5 Switch. Oh, yeah. Just the remakes of 1 and 2. But nice. this game looks sweet. How long is yeah. it? uh three eight two to three hours okay but guys it's like it's five dollars on the e-shop so i i've spent more on worse you'll like it i've also got a gift card for switch so i could i could is it on anything else or is it only switch i steam i'm yeah i think that's it but it runs runs perfectly on switch it's not intense or anything it's one of the best looking games on the switch by the looks of it (laughs) oh lunastis is on playstation Oh, there you go. Because I've got some cashola to spend on there. Yeah. Let me know what you think. It looks pretty sweet. I'm going to do a quick search here to make sure because I would like to play that. Nope, it's not. It says from the PlayStation blog, Lunastis out tomorrow. That was (laughs) November 2022. It's not on there. Oh, because I spelled it wrong. Oh. (laughs) Lunastis. Yeah. Lunastis. It's still not on there. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'll Lun- find it later. Lunastis. Okay, whatever. All right, number seven. Here we go. I'm going to continue yeah. the trend here with games you probably didn't expect to be on my list. Uh, one of my... What's up, Mr. Domino? No. It is my third RPG on my list. I've played a lot of RPGs this year. Um <laughs> You the, always whinge that you've got no time for RPGs. This is why we don't do the summer RPG anymore. It's all your bloody play. Right. What's all in RPGs? 
Well, this one, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a tough life. It's a tough right? life. I'm putting Lost Odyssey on the docket. You can nick off. <laughs> I'll try. Um, this is part of my favorite RPG franchise, one of my favorite RPG franchises. And the only reason I really picked it up was because in November, no, December, after a year of waiting, I finally got my analog pocket, which hands down is the coolest handheld console I own. Very quickly, I took advantage of the open FPGA and put some cores on there. And, and for lack of a better term, I, I jailbroke it and was putting some Super Nintendo games on there and just wanted to see what they looked like because that screen on the analog pocket is unreal. It's it's like no other screen on a handheld console. It's absolutely gorgeous. I wanted to see what some of the Super Nintendo games look like on there because those games are great. And I fired up an RPG that I am ashamed to admit that I'd never actually even turned on. Despite owning it, despite playing a bunch of the other games in the franchise, I've never played it and it's considered to be one of the best and that's Lufia 2. Oh, oh yes, I forgot you played this. Yeah. yeah. You were running about this a bit this year. I should have I should have realized. The yeah, Lufia series so. is just it's something magical. Um, I really like the world that's built, the whole concept of the the Sinistrals coming, and it kind of has that Four Warriors of Light feel to it. But mm-hmm. what was neat about going into Lufia 2 was that you already know how it ends because Lufia 2, mm-hmm. the ending of Lufia 2 is how Lufia 1 started. So you already yep. know what you're building towards. So it's like, oh, okay, but like, how do I get there? And you see the 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 creation of all of these characters and how they all start coming together. And the thing that's a little annoying about it is that it does fall victim to a lot of the, the old RPG tropes of it feels like a bunch of just random things loosely tied together by this big overarching story. And the original final fantasies did a good job of, of waylaying that this one is you go to a town, you meet the King and the King says, I have information, but I can't give you that information until you help me do this. And it's in this town over. They're being attacked. You need to go save it. It has literally nothing to do with the actual story itself. But then you come back and then a plot dump happens or something that was correlated to the main story kicks in. And then it's like, okay, on to the next town. Rinse, repeat. But yeah. the combat is really solid in that i've always liked the the format for when you were asking time you're building your game like what are some of your favorite rpg combat system layouts and i immediately sent you lufia it's like i just like how that's laid out they're not on the right and the stuff's not on the bottom it's everything's on the bottom and how things are are broken out yeah um but it's it's long i think i'm 25 ish 30 hours into it and still trudging along it's also it was my bedtime game until another game came along. But, um, you know, to, to kind of tout the, the power so of the pocket. So you betrayed a game for another game in bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of it. You shouldn't be. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> but um, the reason that I did it is because I don't, I've never played through Ruins of Lore or The Legend Returns. And I wanted to play through both of those, but... I feel like I'd be doing the ser- the series a disservice if I didn't play through number two first because it's largely regarded to be one of the best. It is in the yeah. series. So and it it's not it's definitely not one of my favorite RPGs. It's great, 
definitely has its shortcomings. But yeah, Luffy 2, fantastic little Super Nintendo RPG. Fantastic. And a good use of the analog pocket. Which I'm a little annoyed because everything about the pocket's been great, but it has these L and R buttons on the back that are really inaccessible. And my right one, there's something wrong with it. Uh, where you kind of have to like wrong when you buy something you have to press straight down on it and your hands kind of want to rest like this to do this little motion but instead you have to come down so i emailed analog and said hey what's going on and it's a common issue and some people are like yeah just deal with it other people like yeah send it in they'll fix it analog is not known for being fast and they still have pre-orders on the pocket out through the end of this year so they emailed me back and said, well, we can have you send it into our service center. Just let me know where to ship the the address, the, the label to. So I replied and said, here's my address. However, question, how long am I going to be without this device? Because I know you guys have a lot of orders to fulfill. I don't want to be without this for another year. No response. Like, I'll probably just suffer with it. But it's a $400 handheld <sighs> where the R button doesn't really work all the time. But then again... How many games on that am I going to be playing that really utilize that? Just mm. Super Nintendo games. Oh, yeah, okay. But it makes Game Gear games look fantastic. I got the Game Gear adapter cartridge and plugged that in and went through, played through Sonic um, Streets of Rage 2 on there. And then I, I ordered the cartridge adapters for Neo Geo Turbo Graphics. That's what I'm really excited for is to now have, in, in essence, a Turbo Graphics Express. So it's yeah. awesome because like um it probably makes some of the games look better than they've ever looked. Like go that Game Gear games never really looked great on no. the, uh, natively, you know. Well what's neat so. about it too is is take Game Boy for example. Mm-hmm. The Game Boy screen is very iconic, very pixelated. You can see the different lines on it. You can go into the operating system of this and you can change it. It's like I want this to look exactly how it looked on the original Game Boy. And it will just brighter and more clear but then you can actually change which version of game boy so you can have the dmg you can have the light you can have the pocket oh and it changes it from like that i miss original game boy and trying to see the screen well this one gives you the the green hue and then the game boy light had that turquoise-ish hue yeah Um, pocket had the gray hue and then they've got another one where it's the black and red which it's just, it's really neat what you can do with that. So I'm nice. very happy with the purchase. Um, it looks like crap on the TV, though. So I bought the dock mainly as oh. just something to, like, charge it with and have it stand up. But playing it on the TV, eh. Okay. You stretch it. <laughs> Go <away>. Caress it. <laughs> I stretched it. I gaped it. <laughs> I flicked it. Uh, Dan, you're number seven. Okay, Eric and Tom, did I ever tell you about the time when I was a planet-hopping space adventurer? Good times, lads. Good times. I got quite famous as well, but I didn't ever forget about Factory Sealed. One day I was at the central station of the universe, and they asked me to record a little advert for FS, and quite proudly I said, I'm Daniel Curtis, and this is my favourite podcast on the Citadel. Oh. It's Mass Effect 2. I thought what? you were going to go with Rogue Galaxy for a minute. What? <laughs> What did you? Are you played the legendary edition? I did. I got the legendary edition, and I played through all of Mass Effect Two. I start with Mass Effect One, but Mass Effect One is bollocks, so I moved on. 
Did they not Too fix it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's well. still rubbish. It's a shame because the story is so strong in one, but it's just so marred with poor, like, boring gameplay at times. Yeah. it's They did um, fix bits of it. They tried to make the combat better, but it's still rubbish compared to two and three. So Two is so good. Oh, I'm happy to hear that's on your list. Ex- excellent. I think like, it's one of the one of my best, one of my favorite games ever made. Yeah. probably same tom as well and yeah. like the end is still so good like mm-hmm. that final mission is incredible i got right up to that last jump gate and then yeah went, we know mm, good enough <laughs> go away shut up how close is i to the go end and finish final fantasy 13 and finish this please and then come back thank you <laughs> they come back how close was i to the end <laughs> you had one more mission You're, the best <laughs> mission one of the most iconic missions in the history of video games and you skipped it I mean, the game wasn't really Warzone that wasn't good. Wasn't out there. Game wasn't really that good. Well done, you tit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, with the improvements they made, uh, just kind of reliving the game without Commander Shepard looking like a melty faced weirdo. Yeah, it's quite nice. Um, <laughs> did they nice. really like remove a bunch of the gratuitous Miranda shots? They did. Yes. Oh. Shame. <laughs> it is Can't wait shame, till they but... patch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some, there's some mod for it. Somewhere. Get it on PC. There's some great mods. <laughs> I also I also booted up Mass Effect Three, which was very enjoyable, and I but I kind of dropped off because I think something else. I think it was around the time Elden Ring came out. Oh, fair enough. Did you ever play so, Andromeda? You what? Did you ever play Mass Effect? I did play I, Andromeda. I, I've got about sixty percent through it, and then I dropped that as well. I started. It's not Andromeda. as bad as people say. I started Andromeda quite recently, and I'm liking it. I, Believe it's it or not, not bad. they fixed a lot of the problems that it yeah. had at launch. Believe it or yeah. not, I bought that as well. Because uh, Dragon, it's very similar to Dragon Age Inquisition. Have you ever played that? Did you yes. play that? Yes, yes, yeah. I did. I did. It was quite a good game, actually. It was. I, I wouldn't um, know because I didn't open it. So you know. <laughs> but there's Aww. what can I say about Mass Effect Two apart from what we've said before? Right. Exceptional game, and I thoroughly yes. enjoyed it with all the improvements. So worthy a place on the list. Nice. Tom, you're number seven. My number seven is quite a recent entry, actually. This has only been on my list for a short time, but I've played enough of it, and I'm like, this is strong, guys. Elden Ring. (laughs) It is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Oh, I've been looking at that every time I go to the store. Do not sleep on this game. I bought it on Amazon the other day. Do not sleep on this game, gentlemen. It is basically Mario Odyssey in terms of it's like some of its really cool uh, Kirby mechanics. Do you remember like with Mario, you'd have Cappy and you'd yeah, lob yeah. Cappy onto a little creature and you'd, you'd have that creature's uh, abilities. Obviously, Kirby's always had that anyway, but there's it goes it takes it a little bit further. Um, you can like adopt pieces of the environment to then get to areas you couldn't previously get to and they've made it more it's it's kind of like dioramas Do you remember super mario 3d 3d land on the 3ds yep it's a little like that um or 3d world uh, on the wii u and switch just like these 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 little 3d sandboxes that you can explore and i don't think kirby i'm not a huge i'm not a huge uh um I don't know a ton. I'm not very storied in the Kirby series, but I'm I'm aware that I don't think there's been a 3D adventure, a proper 3D adventure with Kirby up until now. Um, what about Return and, to Dreamland? Wasn't that that was on the Wii, wasn't it? Isn't that just 
Kirby's Dreamland from the Game Boy, like packaged up? Is that just yes, redone? Yeah. Oh, I remember, that one, is that one still side scrolling? Uh, yes. I, I believe so. Yes. Oh, this I'll one is that. like full 3D. Go on, Dan. I just bought it. Did she? <laughs> what did you buy it on? Ah, uh, Switch, Amazon. Yeah, it was in my basket from the other day. I've got an Amazon gift card on there, and Amazon also sent me things in. There's a five pound gift, five pound off when you buy certain things. So I got oh. just go for sixteen pounds. So that's why oh, I wow. like this nice. game of the year show because we all walk out of here having bought at least yeah. one game. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, like I say, I was I was going to buy it the other day, and I just kind of went, eh, maybe not yet. Uh, but you've convinced me. It's yeah. It's just got a lot of charm. It's got that. It's got that very strong Nintendo polish on the first party games. And um, plus, you can inhale a car. You can inhale. Yeah, you can inhale a car. You can you can inhale a massive set of stairs. <laughs> Do you become <laughs> the stairs just, then? Yeah. So no. So like you inhale the stairs. It's just so Kirby's bizarre. You know, it's 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 goofy, right? So you're walking along with the stairs, just waddling as a huge set of stairs. And then you press B and you just, you just like drop the entire set of stairs on enemies and then go and then stand back up again. Just crushing enemies as a staircase. Why not? I and then proper first party Nintendo games when they yeah. go all out like Super Mario Odyssey. We need a new one because it's been five it's years, been five or six years since that it's now. Been a while six now. came out in 2017. I, yeah. No, 18. God, 18. You, you'd never think, would you? You wouldn't think that. I, 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 you know, it's, it's just, um, I had, I didn't know what to expect and I kind of took a bit of a, a roll the dice in it. I don't buy many Nintendo games at all, but I was like, people kept telling me that it was good. I saw it on other people's compilations of, you know, uh, game of the year lists and stuff. And, uh, Kat's friend is crazy about Kirby, loves Kirby, has Kirby socks, Kirby, plushies kirby all the kirby games and then uh was was singing its praises too so i kind of rolled the dice and well well worth it i think hmm. you guys would like kirby and the forgotten land i've always enjoyed a good kirby game uh, yeah dreamland is is obviously one of my favorites dreamland's great yeah dreamland's a real kirby's adventure on nes kirby apart from smash brothers dude oh you kirby's need to play the game boy one kirby's adventure on the nes is really strong it's like, very, like up there with Mario 3 levels of I strong. I think so. I Add think it to so. the list. We could probably play think, Kirby for the show. Yeah. I feel like we, I don't know, we've definitely played one of the, one Kirby for the show, and I just don't know which one it was. I'd have to go back through our episode. The music is just so magical, too. He's yeah. just so lighthearted and goofy. Yeah, that's just it. Like that's just, just a it. little pink guy that likes to suck things. <laughs> much like you in that respect <laughs> I don't I like that he uh, Eric's wearing a very light red top right now it could be passed for pink <laughs> I'll just put it through the wash a few more times yeah <laughs> what are we on number six number six oh boy this one I almost forgot that I played because I played it basically right after our previous game of the year show uh, down in Arizona but it kind of falls in line with that dungeon crawler aspect of things again. But I physically could not put this game down. Ellie became obsessed with it to the point where she played it after I was done. A uh, little Game Pass game called Nobody Saves the World. Oh. oh. Okay. You played through this, right, Dan? I did. 
the Drinkbox Studios game. Yes. Yeah. It was Very one of good. those just insanely goofy worlds where you didn't really know what the hell. You're just this faceless character who sets off Nobody, to... Nobody, if you will. Exactly, yeah. And you can transform into different creatures. And each creature has different powers, and you need to utilize those powers to get through different areas within a dungeon or a different aspect of the world. But as you level them up, they can transform into a different variation of that. and um, Or not a different variation of that, but you have to level up certain characters to unlock another one. And it just became this really goofy dungeon crawler style romp that had a bunch of comedy to it. Uh, I want to pull up a list of, of the the characters here, but there was some really goofy stuff like an undead mermaid. There was a, a, a turtle. There was a horse dragon. that you could be. The dragon was real cool. A, a slug. I like Drinkbox Studios games. They yeah, make they made really Guacamelee. Yeah, Guacamelee. Tales from the Mutant Blob was one of my favorite Vita games. And Tales from the Mutant Blob? Yeah, I think it's like their first game. It was so good. It's an early Vita game. Um, And they made, a, they made a dungeon crawler, which you might like, Eric. It's the first oh. person dungeon crawler called Severed. I remember um, Tales from Space, Mutant Blob's Attack. That's it, yeah. Tales from... That. I can remember the full name, but yeah. Severed. Great game. Severed as a first person. I remember seeing this. Yeah. You attack by like like slashing the screen or something. I can't remember. Like like with they a just, touch their screen. their games have a very unique art style to them. And yeah, yeah. They, have you played Guacamelee, Eric? Ah, uh, that is a Metroidvania game, so that is a big <laughs> oh, fat yes, no. But it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I think I did start part of it. Did you play the second one, Dan? I did. It's very good as well. Yes. I don't know if it's as good as the first, but it's good. Hmm. Bloody Metroidvania. Yeah. Love them. Love them. I don't know. I don't really have anything else <laughs> to say about Nobody Saves Tingley. the World, but... Yeah, that's fair enough. It's a fantastic... Oh, and then Dan's there too. to my honorable, honorable mentions, actually. Oh, nice. I'm kind of surprised uh, that didn't make your list. I, I kind of drew up, fell off a bit towards the end, I thought. Oh, you didn't beat it? No, I did, but I got a bit sick of it. The, it was it it did get a little long especially if you're working towards getting the dragon mm. which was well worth it and then once you get the dragon you're like wow this game's not hard anymore <laughs> all right dan <laughs> tell us your story okay let, let me ask you do you dream of doing mundane tasks without the physical burden that they bring are you a oh, fan God. of relentlessly blasting jets of water off a surface until all of that God. pesky dirt is gone Damn it. Would you, like, would you like to waste hours of your life cleaning temples, planes, ferris wheels, and other assorted shite for reasons that you can't quite explain? Let me tell you about my number six. Power wash simulator. You should have thrown us for a loop and put something else. <laughs> Let me tell you about Elden Ring. <laughs> yes, not number one, unfortunately, Eric. Not even close. Can you, what world does Power Wash Simulator come above Mass Effect 2? <laughs> it's purely because Mass Effect 2 have played before, Tom. Yeah, so they, I know. I'm just kidding. I was genuinely concerned for your well being during this so period of your life. So was I. I obsessed over this game. I don't know what it is about it, but I find it both immensely relaxing and immensely stressful at the same time, and the kind of balance out until I'm in a place of zen and I just clean for about two hours. 
it's the Amazing. weirdest thing and i you know what i'm like for completing things this was like that game where you had to complete everything down to the most minute thing i imagine and, that if you turned this off to go to bed and it wasn't done you'd get like the crack itches yeah i did you know you know when you used to, when you first played guitar hero yes yes and like you saw like the guitar notes, hero notes everything I, moved up in yeah. real life i was looking at things like dirty railings are going that needs power washing <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't buy a power washer. Me just too. walking around Coxo, just power washing shit. <laughs> I kind of tempted. I've done enough power washing to last a lifetime now. Yeah, the last le- the, so there's two levels. There was one where you had to clean a helter skelter, and one at the end where you had to clean a temple, and they took, I'd say, about five hours each. Wow! Wow! It was Holy ridiculous. Crap. Can you save? In, like, but- oh yeah, you can. You can save, but I didn't, Tom. I did it all in one thing. <laughs> I like when, when we got to playing this multiplayer and Tom and I are over here with just, you know, the Joe Schmo dollar store power washer yeah, we had trying to just we had no just coming in with this industrial grade could clean yeah. the side of a skyscraper <laughs> in two passes. Like, this game's great. Okay, well. You know. Hey, I earned that power washer, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been through the slog. I think I'll pass on the slog. I don't seriously. I don't know what it was about this game. I thought I'll download it from Game Pass. I'll try it. I won't like it, but I got absolutely obsessed, and I've I've given it a hearty recommendation because it's just it's a good game to play. I didn't do this personally, but a lot of people have said you can put a podcast on like this one or some music and just blast away, and it's proper like relaxing. It sounds like it's just, it. It's just not it's just my something jam. really satisfying about blasting dirt off something and cleaning it. Mm-hmm. But Even you could go outside and dirt. blast real dirt. <laughs> and I get dirty. Then you could take a shower. I don't and want you can, to. Like, it's wanna, double dipping. I just want to sit in my underpants and blast virtual dirt. Leave me alone. It's washing shit off of something <laughs> and then washing shit off of you. I don't want to do showers. I can tell. I can smell you from here. Uh, <laughs> Tom. Yeah, sorry, Eric. Not number one, man. I, no, I, I had yeah. to try because had I not, and it been that, I would have kicked myself. So, yeah. Tom, number six, guys. Number six is one of the most addictive games I've played, and I, I want to recommend it, but I also worry about what I'll about what I'll do to you. Uh oh. Um. Oh dear. I know. I. It's Have we so heard good. of this? Yes. Neon, I neon asked white. you guys about it in the summer, but I don't think either of you were able to play it, but you are now, thanks to Game Pass. It is a game called Vampire Survivors. Is that on Game Pass? Yes. Oh. Now, Vampire Survivors... I've heard about this. Is It's the most simple game. You just... you could One button, the left stick, move around. <laughs> All right, move around and kill as many things as you can whilst surviving for the longest amount of time. I remember when you, you telling us about this. When you finally die after like a few minutes because you're new and shite, you spend the gold that you got during that round on a cheeky little upgrade or two. Maybe you unlock some new characters. I mean, maybe you I'm get in. yes. So this is the 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 rogue aspect that you boys uh, very much enjoy. Now, I Careful. don't normally like these kinds of games, but this one, 
I am hooked. I, 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 I can now do my runs now typically last 25 to 30 minutes. So I have to think like, do I have time for another, for another run? Because you can't save during runs. So and, do you, uh, is there a button to press like attack or is it literally you just walk? No, nope, you're automatically attacking the whole time. And it, it, it may sound like I, I, you have to just try it for yourself. Uh, it gets bullet hell crazy. Like there are hordes of enemies on the screen. And you think, how am I going to be able to deal with all these guys? They all run for you at the same time. They don't circle around you. They all run for you. And you just have to keep moving around and upgrading your skills. And it sounds a little bit like Rogue Legacy. It it basically is. Yeah, I feel like it is. Um, yeah, game Game Pass. Uh, I, I think it's on phone. Game Pass. Well. I've heard about it so much this year, and I didn't know it was on Game Pass. Ah, yeah. I do you yeah. know what Dan? I think it was on PC Game Pass for a while, and then they right. finally brought it to console. Um, so grab it. And give really? it a run and let me know what you guys think. Yeah. Very fun game. I wouldn't I would press the install to button, but it says we didn't find any devices, and that's because it's being used as a coffee cup coaster. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. It isn't currently switched on, so it can't be used. It doesn't need to be switched on. Yeah. It does. Change. It says it's it's because I haven't linked it before on my phone, so it's saying oh. switch on to link. Change the startup sound to a reverb fart. So I did. I can provide you with one up to like 45, 50 seconds. <laughs> if you really wanted to, I could push it to 60, but like I need to practice. I don't think we've had a full 60. I don't think so either. <laughs> I'll try. I would be impressed though. Uh, okay, number fives. Here we go. Top half here. This one will come as absolutely no surprise to everybody. We've been waiting for two years for a new version of it to come out, and it finally came out, and it has continued to consume hours of every evening. Um, remains the most played multiplayer game that uh, I indulge in. Much to nobody's surprise, Warzone 2. Hey. You know, not top of the list, but it's also really high it's up in there. there. It's got to be it's in there. there. They've made... Some really interesting changes to Warzone. I, I know that you guys haven't played since the Warzone one. Well, yeah, even within Warzone have, one, they made a bunch of changes. I have. I tried it once on the new Modern Warfare. Oh, oh, okay. I noticed you playing Modern Warfare two on the Xbox. Yeah. Yes. Did you buy it on Xbox? Did you? I got it for Crimbo. I was going to say Xbox. Games on it. Why'd you get it on I, Xbox? I don't know. Oh. No. <laughs> I regret it because you can't turn off crossplay, which means I have to play with PC players. And if you turn off crossplay uh, on PS5, you just don't get into any matches, so it's kind of pointless anyway. Yeah. On PS5, you can turn off crossplay, but if you do, you never get put into any matches. Oh. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But when they switched from Verdansk to Caldera, there was kind of an uproar because Caldera was just a garbage map and Part of me was like, well, everybody just really liked Verdansk and we'll just chalk it up to that. But looking back on it, Caldera was just awful. It was just a terrible map. Nobody wanted to go back into World War II era and it didn't yeah. really move the series forward in any meaningful way. So everybody just started playing Rebirth and Resurgence on, on the small Rebirth map. And then Warzone 2 came out with this absolutely massive map called El Masra. And if you thought Verdansk was big, El Masra feels three to four times bigger than that. And there's still the same amount of people. But what's interesting is that 
it always feels like there's people around you no matter where you go. You could drop into a spot and there's like 15 people around you no matter what. Um, really, really cool, well-designed map, but they made some interesting changes that I was originally really against at the beginning. They introduced a backpack system. So you could store in the original Warzone, you could get a vest and have eight plates, and that was it. Now you could carry, I don't know if you have a large backpack. So you start with just a small, you can pick up a medium or a large, and you can fill those slots with whatever you want. If you wanted to have all self-revives, or if you wanted to have all kill streaks, or bunch of extra ammo or a bunch of plates it really added a whole new level to it and the looting isn't just in the chests there's now duffel bags laying around there's medicine cabinets on the walls um really really neat concept to it but there has been obviously a bunch of controversy over continued cheating the continued implementation of skill-based matchmaking is is a little bit of a frustrating point because no matter what you're always being put in lobbies with people who are absolute sweats so We'll play the first round of the night and do really well. And then the rest of the night, we're just getting absolutely fucking slaughtered because of skill-based matchmaking. Then there's also theories about um, skill-based time to kill. And there are, if you just search it up online, there's tons of videos about people analyzing this and saying there's absolutely no way that this person with this rank and this gun layout should have killed this person. So there's there's this theory oh. that the game is constantly fluctuating how good you are based on level. So if you're a lower level person, they're going to make it easier for you to kill other people. And it, it's all theory, mm. but there's just a whole bunch of controversy around it. But at the end of the day, I don't play the game professionally. I play it every night to just connect with some buddies and shoot the shit yeah. and have a good time. So um, season one just is about to finish and then they're going to bring back the rebirth map. But I, I definitely think it was a meaningful move forward. So now it's finally in like a PlayStation five based engine. So it's mm. not a PS4 game up to look PS five. And it, mm. it's just, it's fun. Um, Have definitely. you tried the DMZ mode? DMZ is, is interesting. Um, I played a little bit of it. I didn't get too much into it. I tried the first raid. We spent two hours doing the first raid, got to the end of it and went, no, fuck that. <laughs> But multiplayer on you and getting to the end, it's just be even the guys that Final we were Fantasy playing 30, with Mass Effect now Modern Warfare Blood and Raids. The raid Honestly. was bad. It was just bad. Like I've played the Destiny raids before and they were a ton of fun. This one was just bad. I'm oh, sorry, Dan. I mentioned Destiny. You fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Warzone Two. That's it. Cool. Nice. Well, my number five. Well, let me do another little story for you. All right, just a, just a little one. I'm going to take surprise, my headphones gentlemen. off. When one day I was out for a stroll and someone stepped my path. I'd been going east, you see, but I got a bit lost and started straying in the opposite direction. This bloke, right, just came out of nowhere, just over the horizon. He produced a megaphone, seemingly out of nowhere, and shouted, Stop, hairy human! The west is forbidden. That's horizon forbidden west. I was thinking you were going to say eastward. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Through you're off. You see those references to Horizon in there if you listen. Is it higher on anybody else's list? Not mine. It is not on mine. Oh, no, yeah. because it's an honorable mention. Yeah. Don't say too much about it because I don't want to. Okay, it's yeah. on my list. It's good. It's really enjoyable. Well, yeah. excellent storyline. Lots of cool, really beautiful game. Really develops the story in interesting new ways. Really interesting new mechanics, which I wasn't expecting. And just, mm. I'd love that world. It's so it is good. a neat world. 
It's cool. I just Very love the cool. stuff. I love the whole concept of it. It's just brilliant. I I like Aloy. I I always really get behind a really strong female lead character, but not in that like in your face. I'm a strong, independent woman female lead character just for the sake of there being a female lead character. But Aloy is just a compelling character from the ground up, and it's a case yeah, I th- of I think in this one she's less likable. Well, I mean, she's been through I think some that's shit. Intentional. Yeah. Mm. And I'll, I guess I'll, I'll mention she something kind of, similar. She kind along. Of, she's in a place where she knows like about how the old technology works and stuff. And everybody else is still living this kind of like really primitive life as well. So there's a massive divide between her and them, right. which is a really mm. interesting dynamic. But there's that mm. neat part at very early in the game where she gives one of the focuses to a, somebody else who's never experienced one. And like, you yeah. can see him go through thousands of years of development in like a span of two seconds. And he's just like, yeah. This is how you see the world. <laughs> and I, I I guess it's a little symbolic of bringing people into modern times. It could be you, you could correlate it with ideologies or thought processes or you know how we accept new ways of life and mm-hmm. her exposing people to that and them going, oh, my God, I never saw it like this or I didn't know you could see things like this. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm really really pumped to get into it, and now that I'm done with God of War, I think that could be my next open world game that I jump into. See, I think mm-hmm. it would have been higher on my list if again I'd committed fully to doing everything and doing all the side quests. You didn't? No, that's just, oh. I said this earlier. Are um, you feeling all well? Are you feeling well? I think I, I dropped off because something else came out. Basically, yeah, it was, it was probably Elden Ring to be honest. Yeah, I could see that. That's about right. So. Again, I think I'm going to wait till Burning Shores comes out, then play them together. Is there a release date on that yet? We already had this discussion earlier. I don't. I, no, we talked about the Call of the the Mountain. <laughs> no, we mentioned Burning Shores as well. I know, but did we talk about of April? Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Listen, my brain don't function too well sometimes. We know. Beautiful. Yeah, so I'm, I ain't going to say it much because you guys need to play it. I do. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. But you have it, right, Tom? Ten still fair game, right? Yeah, I was about 10 hours in. Okay. Just I think that's right about where I was, too. Uh, there was a there was a big plot, plot moment, and now I'm off doing that. <laughs> Just, that is I will say <laughs> the first boss fight in that game with the gigantic snake. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think I remember that. Yeah, it's just been too, so it's just been too long. It's like it's. I love I the did. combat system in Horizon. It's great. I, do I will as well, say, but I think I'm shit at it. <laughs> I always just really struggle. I will say that I made it an effort. I made it a point to upgrade my weapons when I was playing. So right. Hey. You know, I'm glad they put that into this game. <laughs> Get stuffed. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Number number five. Ooh, damn five. Number five, Game Pass game that I found. I know. For a bloke who doesn't like Xbox, you play a lot of Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like a few. All right. <laughs> a few. What, about, well, what I do is I want I want a game. Three of think, them from your list are on Game Pass. Yeah, but unpacking. But nothing. I, I played somewhere. I played on PC. Eh, likely um, story. Like, I just think I want this game. 
Let's check if it's on that shitty thing I just paid a thousand dollars for. <laughs> if it's there, great. I may, um, you know, I've saved fifteen bucks. Great. I'll subject my hands to discomfort for a few hours. Yeah. Oh, and I also don't own it. Great. Um. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this game. Um, it's called Signalis. Uh, Signalis. Uh, or Signalis. I don't even know. I, every time I read a review or hit watch a review on it, it was Signalis because I was trying to get the pronunciation of it, but who, who bloody knows? Um, sort of golden age of survival horror, inventory management, limited ammunition, third, it's sort of 2D, no, fixed camera angle, 3D models, survival horror game with sci-fi and cyberpunk elements to it. Um, very Resident Evil with its with its um, puzzles, you know, looks, find the crank, cool. put the crank in the thing, turn the crank, find the card key. Power the power plant, battle the yeah. dinosaurs. The puzzles are genuinely really good and very um, well designed and they look cool. Like it feels cool what you're doing. Um, the number of like graphical shaders that are used in the game, like it's always feels like you're on an absolute trip. Like it's a, it's, very sci-fi and also very looks almost like sci-fi b-movie-esque like it you know you've got like vhs scan lines over the screen and like bizarre um abstract <coughs> nonsense going on it, it, it you, you're just constantly wondering what the hell is going on here but but not so that you're confused and you're disinterested you're on like a crashed ship it feels a bit like dead space kind of throws you into a, into a sci-fi setting like on a desolate crashed ship. And um, I think it just borrows so much of its material from a number of like established survival horror games from the, you know, 90s and early 2000s. Um, but it's brooding with a lot of atmosphere and it's it's uh, the the anime character art fits really well with the with the direction that it goes in and it it just ends up ultimately with all the quality of life stuff they add to it having its own identity beyond just being a resident evil or a de- or a dead space clone. Yeah, I feel like it stands it stands on its own pretty well and I would thoroughly recommend this this game to anyone. I, I think it's question. I think it's really cool. Um uh, Hi, question. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you recommend this while you were playing it? Cuz this looks tits. Um I can't remember. <laughs> I thought I mentioned it. Did I not mention it in WhatsApp? I mean, <laughs> things get mentioned in our WhatsApp and they get I know. It, it may, so. I may have mentioned it and it didn't. And it just, maybe it got buried under. Nope, not in there. Mm. Something about turn signals and light warmers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think actually I, I also. Love, I love light warmers. Also. <laughs> me up every time. I must admit. It only came out in at the end of October, so it was quite a late one. Yeah, Tom, that was four months ago. Oh shit, it was, wasn't it? I'm sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> We're almost halfway hey, to the next October. You got, you got yourself another game to play, and you don't have to pay for it because you've already paid for it. Um, four thousand seven hundred reviews on Steam, overwhelmingly positive. It did win some awards this year, uh, this year as well. It won Outstanding Story Rich Game of 2022. Tom, you have given me three games to play. No. <laughs> I've 
Bart Kirby, Vampire Survivor sounds right up my shoulder, and yes, so does it. So yes, yes, that that I'm confident that you will like all three of those games. So that's good. I'm glad. Excellent. Especially, yes. Um, that is my number five, my good women, and I look forward to hearing your I number am four. Concerned that this may be higher on somebody else's list, but. A sequel to a, a long-anticipated game that came out of nowhere last generation and really took me by surprise. And I recommended it to both of you, and you both played it, and you both loved it. Oh. Has what I consider to be one of the strongest leading female characters in video gaming. And that is Plague Tale Requiem. Ah. Not on my list. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> you have got to be fisting me. Not. I'm in genuine disbelief. I thought I thought it was all right. It didn't blow me away. Oh my god, this game was fantastic. It was um not on my list, but it's because <sighs> I haven't played it and I need to get around to it. But Playtale Innocence was one of my favorite games of that year. I didn't dislike it. I just feel like I've played better. I, when they announced that they were doing a sequel, I was conflicted because I felt like the first game was great. Awesome. Let's just leave it. And then they announced a sequel and I went, uh, yeah, I mean, could I play some more? Sure. And I fired it up and went, okay. I didn't know that I needed to see where this story went. Mm. And I had no idea what the hell was going to happen. But the thing that I really, really like about Plague Tale, I'm going to try to say it appropriately. Am I saying it right? Plague Tale? Plague? Plague. Plague? Plague? No, Plague. 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 Plague? Yeah. Plague. Try again. Plague. One more time. Plague. No, you haven't got it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I really like about this series and... It kind of mirrors what happens in The Last of Us is the pacing is so spot on because there's three different gameplay loops in in effect here. You have your exposition with all of your story and your Mm -hmm. characters, and then you have the puzzle aspect of things where you're just trying to navigate around the environment. And then you have your well, actually, there's four. You have your combat with the soldiers and there's a stealth aspect to it. But then you have your battle with the rats. Like there's four really, really cool gameplay elements that any one of them, if it goes on too long, you could be like, I'm so tired of this. But they have found a way to just pace it where it's like the rat sections are really, really intense and they're very overwhelming, but they're very short. And you get to the end of it and you're like, okay. And by the time that they happen again, you're ready for it. You're like, it's been a while since I fought some rats. And then they show up and you're like, fuck, it's rats. Let's do this. Um, The stealth missions are encouraged, but not required. Um, You can go. I was going to ask about that because, uh, sorry to interrupt. You're fine. I just, I just was going to say that Plague Tale Innocence was so good. I really enjoyed it, but I hate it that it was like the moment you're spotted, boom, start back at checkpoint again. Is it a bit like that again, or are they... 
Yes, but some of the sections are a lot more open where you can get away and hide. Mm. But they give you, I won't really expand too much on it because they're kind of neat to figure out on your own, but they give you some new elements. What really impressed me about this game, and this is what happens, I think this is a a shortcoming of a lot of sequels. Uh, You see it in like Ratchet and Clank games, for example, or Tomb Raider games. When you get to a sequel, somehow the character forgets how to do everything that they've done from the previous game. Yeah. But it yeah. would also be a disservice to just carry all that shit forward into the next game. So they have to strike a fine balance. So Amicia loses tra- loses contact with Lucas for a while. And if you remember from the beginning, Lucas is kind of the the um, alchemist who helps her discover how to like make fire oh, potions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So things have been okay for a while. And then... Of course, it goes to shit again, and she relinks up with Lucas. And as they're going through their adventure, they start finding this stuff in the chests again. And Amicia is like, oh, I remember how to do that. Like, she vision, she she calls out that, oh, okay, like, I put this with this, and then boom, I'm back to doing this again. So they don't just, like, give you the ability to do it right away, but they draw attention to the fact that she hasn't forgotten it. She just hasn't had to utilize it in a while. So that's how they reintroduce it. It was a really neat uh, a, a neat way to reintroduce your skills but um the story itself i will say it did go on a little too long it was like 17 yeah. chapters i think this one ended like geez 18 hours long it was long but it, was a, it is a really long game actually yeah i don't think that there's any part that i would have cut you meet some really cool characters you find out what the fuck is going on with the world it's not just within france at this point it's now expanding Mm. and the ending of this game was one of the most emotional endings of modern gaming that i've experienced and christy when we initially started she's like don't play this without me and then it became this like well i can only play for like 20 minutes at a time because as soon as we sit down you fall asleep because we start at like nine o'clock right i'm just gonna go but she would pop in here and there and the ending of it is just it's absolutely unreal um what Shit. they force you to do ah did you know there are two endings nope there are oh just uh, leave it there leave it there but yeah um, i think you're cool. really really going to enjoy it tom it's a okay. very solid game there are a few instances where amicia kind of like falters into being annoying but if you yep. look at it objectively from the shit that she's having to go, what she's gone through and oh, now goes having, through the ring of like, you thought Tomb Raider was bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 She it's just it, knocked about all over the place. Bless her. It, it's really neat. Um, very, very solid game. I very, very impressive technology as well with the amount of rats on screen. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I actually, cause I'm like, how the hell are they doing this many rats at once? So I use the photo mode to investigate this. Because you can mm-hmm. the photo mode on this, you can actually pan very far away from your like character, yeah, like quite zoomed out. Normally, it has like kind of a, a limitation of where you can go. So what I did is I, I zoomed in on the rats at the front, and they're very like high textured. Yes. Then pretty much as soon as you get about half a meter away, they become low poly. But because they're moving so quickly, mm. you can't you can't tell. It's very clever. Good tactic. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm. Yeah, there's no yeah no point in making the uh, the back row of rats you know super high yeah. detail, but just even, to get even, the yeah even the ones quite far at the front are low detail. You just can't see it because yeah, it's so kind <laughs> of like 
a nice. roiling mass of, of rats. God damn it. Mm. Well, good number. You done, you done Peterson? Four yeah. Peterson. Do you do you have it, Tom, or did you play it on I played it on Game Pass. I think it's on that Game Pass thing, isn't it? So that's where, right. I'll, where I'll play it. I think I'm going to actually buy it on PS5 when it comes out just to have the physical copy of it because I remember the first game was difficult to find. It was. It, it was, was a low print. Yeah, yeah. Because kind of that yet. double A kind of game, the Focus Interactive guys hadn't had a huge budget, I don't think. And it was... Yeah. Which is why yeah. I'm glad they got to do a sequel because it's very rare for those you know, double totally. A style games. It's to... a beautiful game as well. It's a real looker. Right. Mm-hmm. There was another moment. Not One more little thought about this. Um, you guys all played the first one, right? Yeah. The, the most iconic memory from that when you really understood the dire nature of things was the first night mission. And you're coming through and you're trying to sneak out of town and you come around the corner and there's this burning windmill in the distance. Like that is just ingrained in my oh, mind. Yeah, like, yeah. That's freaking cool. And there's another situation that happens like that very early in the beginning of this game. And I'm like, I'm in. All in. Let's go. <laughs> nice. Nice. Maybe should have squeezed it in my list, really. I'm f- I'm disappointed. <laughs> the fact that Mass Effect 2 made the list. And Power Wash Simulator. And pl- plague tail, <laughs> Pl- plague, 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 plague. plague. One, one more time, plague. No, you haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a terrible dialect coach. <laughs> yeah, just see you next week. <laughs> no, bring your, credit, bring your credit card. <laughs> All right, Dan. What's your story? Four. Well, listen, by now you've groaned your way through all of my stories and quite frankly, I don't want to do them anymore. Please do. No, no, I'm having a crisis about continuing Oh, my Jesus Christ. Here. And quite frankly, I am offended to my core. It's Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. I thought this was going to be your number two. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it would make it because it was... Oh, uh, it made it, my friends. It's Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. It's a prequel of Final Fantasy VII. It's been made all shiny and new, and it's beautiful, and it's lovely. And it I is love it. on my list of games to play. Got it for Christmas, um, yep. but it immediately fell off due to something else that just went... Well, yep. despite the fact we've pretty much not that long ago played it for the podcast, me playing the original PSP version slightly upraised on the uh, emulator because I downloaded that pack where it, this looks like so much better. It's not on the par with Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it still looks great. Mm-hmm. And I got all in on doing those ridiculous missions again. I've 100% of them. Did you platinum this game? game? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I think you've got to do another playthrough, and I can't. There's a isn't there a trophy that relies entirely on luck, where you have to view all of the DMZ's dream sequences, and they only pop up just completely randomly. Yes, Eric. Yes, yes there is, and <laughs> I have done it because you needed to unlock the Genji armor. I was reading an article about that recently, and a guy's like, "I'm probably going to get lambasted for this because so many people are going to comment like, oh, I was, I thought it was easy, but it is 100% just pure luck.'" Because mm. the DMZ is is random, and it only pulls from the memories. It only pulls memories from pieces of the game that you've completed. Things so you done. have to try to yeah. do this at the end of the game. 
Yeah. So I was at the, I was at the end game basically. So I needed some memories for song, and that was all I needed. So what I had to do is I you can equip materia which increases the likelihood of those memories appearing. Mm-hmm. So I had to grind and get like five versions of this materia. <laughs> And then I also needed a Lucky Stars material because you can trigger a Lucky Stars thing, which heightens your DMZ gauge. Yeah. So the likelihood increases. So I had to have that and that. And then basically what I did is the, the very first mission killed all the enemies except one and just left it for about two hours. Just doing something oh, else while it was right. playing. And finally it triggered. <laughs> so how did that enemy not attack you then? Well, he was, but because I was so overpowered by this point, he was doing like two damage per time and had auto region, so there was nothing to worry about. Got it. And you just came wow. back and the trophy was done. Yeah. That's awesome. My, my build on that game is ridiculous how strong Zach was at the end. So the one thing that bothered me about it, and I've only played a couple hours, I think I played the voice acting. The voice actor for Zach. Yeah. Is not awful. Better. He gets better. I think I think he's deliberately playing like Zach as a young, experienced, arrogant person, and then he develops. It, it actually sounds different as you go on. Oh, that's great that. to hear! And I know that they were trying to align it with the Zach from, yeah, remake. remake. Um, which because I just played through the inner intermission DLC that apparently I'd played before, but yeah, forgot that I played right. it. He's been on about this for ages. We've been trying to get him to play it, and he ages. said he hasn't played it before. And then he's played through it, and then we're all excited because he finally played through it. And then he got to the end and went, I've played this before. I've seen this scene. I was like, uh, you know so, when you want to strangle somebody, but they live in another country? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. it's just it just wasn't that good, maybe. You know, have you ever think about that? It was really good. I it was, was surprised really you didn't good. get into the Fort Condor minigame. I couldn't stop playing that. Me either. But, it was really good. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I don't generally get off on mini games within a game unless it's Me triple neither. triad. Yeah, triple triad is one of the only ones. But then I did quite like that one as well, the full bundle. So, what no, other quality of life improvements did they make to this? If the any? combat, the combat for sure is. How is, did it change yeah. from the original? Because the combat was very kind of like just very stop starty before, like when you hit attack, and now you have like a proper combo move. Oh. They have also oh. introduced a new mechanic once you get the Buster Sword, where you get something called Buster Sword Proficiency. In which case, he adopt you can adopt a new stance like Cloud does in Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm. Punisher like the Punisher mode. Yeah. So you can adopt a new stance and you get new moves as well. And the DMW thing no longer just like it's it's I think it it's always ticking in the corner, whereas you couldn't see it before i think oh, it used to come to right into the front of the screen it used to it used to get it was it used to obstruct your uh your view a little bit more mm-hmm. it kind of moved it out of the way the ui in general has been all like redone yeah. to match remake and everything and um, you can also decide when to trigger limit breaks rather than just yes happening straight away that's a big deal so i have a question here and this may be diving into final fantasy 7 realm for when we when the next version of eventually comes out but um, without spoiling too much about seven, we know that things are going to change. How are there going to be two Buster Swords? Because we know how Cloud got his. I think they're separate timelines. Mm. They can't, they physically can't be. 
because uh-huh. at the end of intermission, Zach shows up at the 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 church yeah, where Aerith we don't know was. If that's in the same world or not? Mm. There you go. You see, that's why. <sighs> it's convoluted Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Yeah, basically. time time stuff gets <laughs> timey wimey. I just hope they don't go too overboard with it. I'm yeah. all, I'm all in, mate. I don't care what they do. I'm, I'm replaying <laughs> remake at the moment, and that I game was is marvelous. This so close good. to pressing start new game on that. God, that game is so good. I've it's, been playing through it, it as well. Everything about it is so good. It's like the the soundtrack, the character development. The, it's just so the way, everything. The combat system. It's just beautiful. It's such a it's such an awesome thing that they didn't mess that game up. I know. And that they really provided equal amounts of fan service and a great entry point for people wanting to play one of the most beloved RPGs ever made. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some people whinge about the fact that, yeah, it's only like mid the Midgar sequence of the original game, but it's got so much in it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah there might be a little bit of filler, but it's all that kind of builds upon the world and stuff like that, I think. It's just, I want to really experience the honeybee somebody, thing again. Uh, and like, yeah, yeah. And expanding on characters like Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse was important, I thought, and it, it worked really well. You kind of like got to know these people a bit more, and they just well, they're such captivating characters too. That yeah, in in playing through Intermission, the characters in that real forgettable, like yeah, very very forgettable. It's very much a step brother to Final Fantasy VII remake in some cases. You know, the people, the, the NPCs you meet are like. I like know. Yuffie though. Yuffie's good. Yeah, Yuffie's Yuffie great. though is cool. Yeah, and, and some of the other. I like the, the voice actor for characters. Yuffie. She is awesome. Yeah, very expressive and really, really good. Yeah, I'm excited to meet Sid and Rebirth. Oh my Vincent. god! Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, um, it's gonna be great. Yeah. I, I really hope they keep the goddamn T line in. The which one? Mm. When he, he tells them, oh, um, yeah, Sharina, whatever she's called, to get her get on effing goddamn tea or something yeah yeah who says that sid sid oh i don't remember that i don't think they'd get away with it nowadays but it's a classic it's... line from the original oh. oh does he sit say sit down and get your goddamn tea or something yeah oh going to rock sid, he says he says awesome. shut up sit sit down in those chairs and drink your goddamn tea Oh, there's just so much to look forward to, like the high wind. Um, what's the little off-road cart that you get? Oh, oh the, the tiny Bronco? Yeah, the tiny Bronco right before Cosmo Canyon. It's going to be great. I can't oh, I, the, wonder, I, st- I still wonder how the hell they're going to do with the world map. Yeah, I'm not sure either. If they even gonna do. Be interconnected I don't even know if they will do. Or... Yeah. The, um, the Midgar Zolom, that's going to be a great yeah. fight. Hell well, yeah. not even a fight, but you're just going to get to it and see it, but yeah tom number four go um i'll my number four i probably won't talk about it much because i imagine it's some it's higher on someone else's list but my number four is god of war ragnarok higher higher okay (laughs) my number three uh i probably won't talk about it too much because it's probably higher on somebody's list um that would be god of war ragnarok higher okay (laughs) Oh, it's time for another story then, Dad. <laughs> no, that, that was the end of the stories from Crisis Core. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, you're right. Um, <laughs> but I don't really like this one, so I'm not going to do it. I, th- I think I could have done better. 
Uh, my number three is Persona 5 Strikers. Oh. Is that a soccer game? No. Oh. <laughs> you said that this um, was as good as Persona 5. Um, like, or at least close it's a very to. Di- it's a very different game, but it is mm. basically the sequel to Persona 5. Right. A world in which I probably love the characters as much as I love the characters from Final Fantasy VII. So any continuation of that story is all good in my book. And this is kind of, it's more akin to a Dynasty Warriors type game. Mm -hmm. With their taking on hordes of enemies, but it's so good and the combat is so fun. It kind of riffs on everything you learn from Persona 5 and adapts that into that kind of style. But also while continuing the storyline with basically the same level of polish that persona 5 had so damn there's nothing not to love about it and i i did start it a long time ago because it was on playstation plus and then i fell off for some reason and then i thought oh i haven't played through that and then before i knew it i was absolutely hooked played it all the way through at the end didn't play anything else in the meantime i just love persona 5's world it's so good Damn. I know I recommend this to you time and time again. <laughs> Every always, year. You, guys, you guys always make excuses not to play it, but hands down, not only one of the best RPGs I've ever played, but one of the best video games I have ever played in my life. I just, I don't know if it's because it, like, just visually it doesn't appeal to me. I look at it and go like, eh. It's so stylish. It is, and I'm not mm. going dis- to discredit that, but, like, it's not the si- type of stylish that goes, I want to see that for a hundred hours. Like it, you're not into this sort of like very um, boisterous animation, animated style, like the Japanese anime style. Yeah, like I'd the, rather be in like a medieval style RPG for a hundred hours. Uh, well, Final Fantasy Sixteen's got you covered, mate. Yeah. You're I don't know. Maybe it's just that. too. It, it's too flashy. It's just you. You're more a high fantasy kind of person right yeah this I is more say. like neo-modern yeah it is yeah and it's you know got that the the japanese like high schooly kind of vibe to it you yeah know? which you know is really popular and people love it and you know it's obviously strong yeah, I, I, just, I just really identify with the characters like i, I just love them all i think they're brilliant mm. i still you're always tempting me to play it because of how much you sing its praises and i have it on well, I have it on everything, I feel, or every platform. Maybe, uh... Strikers might engage me a little bit more because it's more action-based. Yeah. But do you, you have... You kind of need to play the first one, though. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> well, oh, that's, you're missing that's out. <laughs> listen to me and listen to Dalton Suter because he loves it as well. I'll listen to Dalton. I won't listen to you. Okay. <laughs> Dalton, get him told. Tom, you're number three. Oh, is it me? And I thought, oh, I was confused. Guys, my number three is a bit of an unexpected one. Oh, dear. But I'd never played this game before. It's a good 10, 12 years old. I just hadn't got around to it. But I played this game and I've thoroughly enjoyed it because it was the first time in a long time where I actually felt like I was role playing and making a difference to the world and the people around me. Skyrim. And that game is Fallout New Vegas. Yes! Oh, interesting. <laughs> I always last... one on Tom's list, which comes completely out of left field, which is a really <laughs> old game. Yeah. Like yeah. Mad Max. 
yeah, just like like not old enough to be retro quite, but like just yeah, one that I finally get around to that I know I should play. It's been on my list for forever. People I kept love telling New me Vegas. to play it. Um Yeah, just the quests seem to always matter. Like at first it would be yeah. You know, oh, can you go here and grab this and bring it back? But then I go there, and suddenly I'm talking to a bunch of like a, a cult leader, and he's telling me all about why I shouldn't grab this for this guy because he's actually you know a terrible person. And now I'm embroiled in some kind of political situation. And I feel like New Vegas just always did that with every every corner I I, I turned, and um, it kept it kept the the narrative interesting nothing ever felt like busy work um and i always felt like i was making a difference to each of these like factions that you were meeting along the way um the my main gripe was there's way too much um well my, okay my main gripe was combat kind of shitty but that was because those bethesda games can be a bit a bit jank you know um and the other one was way too much variation in ammunition. I never knew what I had to buy to fit whichever gun I was using. It was really yeah. annoying. That's why um, I always do a melee build in Fallout because I just can't be bothered. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, but, you know, I, I plowed so many like points into like uh, speech and barter. So I was like able to lie my way through to like various places I definitely shouldn't have been in been in and i loved that aspect you know i just sort of felt like at any moment they're gonna know that i'm not supposed to be here i'm in like a enemy territory kind of thing and and I it was like being a, sorry i just love being a, like a stealth character on them games because if you get your stealth all the way up like you can literally <laughs> just walk around crouched <laughs> yeah. around and people can't see you and it's so yeah. stupid i think skyrim was the same right you could it just was, be yeah. totally hidden mm. um yeah i you know fallout three and four really weren't my, my bag, you know, I didn't like all the settlement building in fallout four. I, I couldn't, I, I wanted to like those games. Cause I like the, I like the setting. I like, I like post-apoc games, you know, I like finding dilapidated buildings and scavenging for items and crafting stuff. And I think Metro Exodus scratched that itch last year for me, um, in some cases, but this felt like true role play. And, um, and beyond sort of surface level questing that has been in so many other open world games, this one felt felt like it had a bit more to it. So it's the last Fallout game that I yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, screw the Cazadors. <laughs> I, I hate the Cazadors on New Vegas. Can you remember them? <laughs> They're like big mutated butterflies or something. They yes. hit like a truck. <laughs> yeah yeah and that uh, yeah that's uh i'm having to rob a lot of stim packs in that game i remember i just liked going into the different casinos too and just seeing like this is what these big iconic areas would look like post-apocalypse and yeah. how people would take them over and yeah fallout 3 was great because it it really showed you it came out alongside like around the time of oblivion and it's like oblivion was great because it was high fantasy it was a big bright colorful world and it was filled with stuff to do and there was caves and you had the oblivion mm-hmm. gates and all the different towns to go to but fallout 3 you got dropped in and you're like there ain't shit here 
Mm. Not a goddamn thing to do. And that's my memory of Fallout 3 was like big, cool, open world with nothing to do. And then yeah. New Vegas came out and like, okay, now there's stuff to do. So it, it yeah. scratched that. But then I was the same way with you with 4. Um, I probably played 10 hours of it and just went like, I just don't want to... I don't want to build anything. I don't care about Same. this. It's like playing yeah. Fortnite on build mode. I anytime I play that yeah. with with anybody, See, I it's got, like um, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but I played through the entirety of four, including all the season pass content, and I actually really enjoyed it. Damn, mm. people that play it like it really, really like it, but for some yeah. reason, it just didn't hook me. I think, uh, I think that what brought what came to New Vegas and what worked really well was that element of role play matched really top writing, which obsidian seemed to be known for because then whenever I told people that I loved, uh, the outer worlds, which was in a, another obsidian yeah. game, people were saying, well, if you like the outer worlds, you should go back to fallout new Vegas. You, you really it's a owe good, your, to it's a good reference. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, then I'll, I, I didn't like, how did fallout you find that it four. held up over time though? Like just graphically gameplay wise control, yeah, I mean, I was playing it on um, PC Game Pass, so like I played it at like a a good resolution, sixty frames. Um, it's it's a little it's a little janky, but it plays still plays really well. It holds up really well. Also, the load times when you're entering and leaving areas is like instantaneous. Which, oh, if you remember good. back in like Skyrim on PS3 days, like. Oh, I forgot to grab something in that house. Better wait 30 seconds while I try and, you know, go back in there again. Uh, I think by the end of my time with Skyrim, it was like uh, a 60 to 90 second load time because. Yeah. And it was even worse if I was going into my room at College of Winterhold where I just dumped all my shit and I never put it in any of the baskets. I just dumped it on the floor. So I had thousands <laughs> of pieces of just random shit. So you'd load in and it's like and the game would just uh, jump. it and completely broke the game. Yes. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's yep. so funny that. Yeah. All right. Into the top two. Mm-hmm. I don't suspect this will be on anybody's list, but this is a game that I started after Christmas and have already put 60 plus hours into it. Harvestella. Harvestella. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with this game because I played the demo and fell in love with it went yep day one purchase for me and then decided i needed to put something on my christmas list so i threw that on the list and and it was either christy or christy's mom bought it for me but it checked every box in a game that i like it's a final fantasy action style game set in a fantasy world with magic and knights and and just your typical rpg but they said, what other weird-ass game can we merge with this? I know. Harvest Moon. Let's push this shit together. So now you have a Final Fantasy-based Harvest Moon game where you have a farm with animals and crops, and then, oh, there's also crafting, and then you can take those crops and you can put them into different machines to convert them into different foods, like process them into jam or juice or cheese or mayonnaise, whatever. Oh, but then you can also craft items and cook. But on top of that, there's this huge sprawling story that is incredibly engaging. But then below that, you also have eight different characters that you come across. 
and all of those characters can become part of your party, and you can build closeness with them by engaging in them with their storyline. But then in every town that you go to, there's a whole bunch of different side quests, and the thing about the side quests in this game that really drew me in was that they were all engaging. They were all short. They were not just fetch quests. Most of it was just talk to this person here, follow them to that place, talk to them there, come back here, talk to them. Like you weren't really doing anything, which on paper sounds awful. But the story and the writing and the characters was so engaging. It's like, I want to see this through. So the the essential story of it is that you wake up and it's it's very generic at the beginning, which is why it caught me so off guard in the last 20 hours was you just wake up in this world that's clouded in this purple dust. And this lady mm-hmm. comes and saves you and brings you back to town. And everybody's like, what is like, you shouldn't be out here. This is the, the season of quietus. And it's it it's between all of the seasons. There's a day period called quietus where everybody goes inside and you don't know what that is. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's purple dust, whatever. And there exists these gigantic uh, crystal pillars called the Seas Light that have just shown up on the planet and they start causing this quietest dust to take over the world and people get sick with it and you just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this. But as time goes on, you discover more, like suddenly these robots show up called omens and people are terrified of the omens. So you have to figure out what's going on with that. But then about 40 hours into the game, it takes an unbelievable left turn. And that's when I got, like I was already fully hooked on it, but there's a mission that you're doing with one of the characters that you build closeness with, who's building a submarine to go deeper into the ocean. And you get to the bottom of the ocean and you see something you're like, that shouldn't be there. That looks like a major world event that happened in the 1960s. Why is that at the bottom of the ocean? And suddenly everything gets turned on its head. And from there on out, I'm like, I'm doing every mission. I'm talking to every character. I'm building closeness with all of these people. I want to know what the fuck is going on. And then you get to make a decision at the end of the game. So I did this two or three nights ago. It was the most difficult decision But you have to make one of them, and that gives you the ending of the game. And it's just done, end. Come to find out there's a secret, there's a whole secret, like, 15-hour prologue, or not, probably about 10-hour prologue after that if you do something different and meet certain requirements. But I can't say enough good things about this game. It is one of the best games I've played. It's one of the best games I've played this last year, but one of the best games I've played in recent memory. And it just came out of absolutely nowhere. Wow. Yeah, they've been on a right kick lately, haven't they, Square Enix? They've put a lot of these sort of like experimentation RPGs out. And I know that Diafield Chronicle, uh, Octopath Traveler, and then, of yeah. course, Harvestella were some of, just to name a few, places where they're trying new things, you know, and this combination of combat and, you know, farming or whatever, like, and seems to have hit really well, seems to have worked out really well. I'd love to tell you like what the hook was that got me into it, but that just takes that away from the surprise of it. But like the right. last 20 hours of the game, I'm just sitting there going like, this is fucking unreal how cool this has gotten. Because you went into it just thinking it was going to be like, yeah, it's an action-based Final Fantasy game with like a weird, you know, uh, elemental thing that's happening. You just got to solve it. And there's a king with it in the castle and he'll, you know, you'll probably meet him at some point and he'll thank you yeah. for saving the world. And it'll just like just a generic... That wasn't that at all. 
and it just completely <laughs> took a left turn. I'm like, love it. But in order, so that the the game is based off of time of day. So if you're out on the world map and you're walking, time moves a lot faster. And at around 10 o'clock p.m., you know, you start to feel sleepy. Uh, you got to go back home, sleep, boom, next day. And that kind of triggers like your plants are growing. You have some chores to do around the farm. Um, certain quests need to be done within a certain time frame. But on top of that, you also have a stamina meter and a hunger meter that you need to manage. So you have a little icon with your stomach. So every day you need to eat a meal that fills your stomach. And as long as your stomach is full, your stamina will regenerate. So if you use your, if you attack or harvest or do whatever, it takes stamina. And then if you want to refill that stamina, you need to eat something that replenishes stamina. But if it fills your stomach up to the point where you no longer have any room in your stomach and you get hurt in battle... And you only have food that also fills up your stomach. You just physically can't eat. So I've got caught in boss battles before. Where it's like I have 40 plates of uh, of pasta or stir fry. Can't eat any of them because my stomach is full and then die. So then you need to think about it and process other foods that replenish health. But don't fill up your stomach like a juice smoothie or something like that. So you need to really plan that stuff out. But then depending on which ingredients you put into it. It gives you different buffs like increased attack or higher magic defense um, or increased stamina, just whatever. So you really got to plan that stuff out. Mm. It's just it's really captivating, really engaging. And each season has different plants that you can harvest. You can expand out your farm. You can get different sections like there's a cave farm where you can plant stuff that just grows in the cave. There's a water farm where it's all underwater at all times. Um Really nice. cool. Very, very cool game. I'm 60 hours into it. I'm I'm working on the secret ending right now. And then once you do that, you can just keep playing. Mm-hmm. So nice. I'm reluctant to recommend it to people. I was telling my brother-in-law about it. He's like, because he loves Final Fantasy. He's like, do you think I would like this? Like, in fact, I think you would hate it because it's yeah. more, it's a, it's 50% Final Fantasy, 50% Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like that farming sim at all, you will hate this. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've noticed that you've been definitely careful about recommending it for those reasons because it's it, yeah. it it fits a specific uh interest. I of, recommended it to Juliet yeah. and she like it's a perfect game for for her and she is just in love with it as well. So mm, great I need game. to try the demo. It's awesome. Play through the it's whole on thing because to play it, but so much to play your your progress Tom's from the demo new games to play as well so. <laughs> your progress from the demo carries over to the full game uh, oh that's really good and it's like it's a long demo i think it's like three to five hours long mm. so yeah most time i've put into a game this year aside from one other game two other games is the harvest moon aspect of harvest that you know buying seeds planting them Picking them up, putting, selling them, doing that. Yeah, figuring that. out so. which ones you want to sell. If if you sell the plant, you'll make less money than if you put it into a machine that processes it into something else. But okay, you need to you need to till the land, you need to plant the seed, then you need to water it. But you can upgrade those skills. So like okay. instead of tilling one square at a time, you can till nine. Instead of harvesting you one, can water, you can harvest like water multiple, whole, or yeah. you can build sprinklers that automatically water it for you nice um, but you can get other things too like you can plant rows of trees that in different seasons those trees will process they'll they'll bloom and just mm. it's it's really i did have one glitch so i, I have a, a chicken coop they're called clefowls 
and they provide you your eggs and feathers and you have to go pet them every day and then provide feed for them. Well, one day I came out and they were all gone. They were still dropping feathers on the ground. They were still, you know, producing eggs, but they were just gone. And right. for the past like 20 hours, I've not had any chickens in my coop, but I'm still getting free eggs and free feathers on the ground. I still have to feed these imaginary animals. Um, apparently it's a it's a, a known bug. Some people are like, yeah, if you look up in the sky, sometimes they're up in the sky or, you know, they just disappear. So eventually my favor with them will go down to zero and they'll stop producing, which sucks. But I think by that point I'll be done. Hmm. Great game. Fantastic game. Interesting. Oh, sounds good. Um, I think Dan. it's Dan's a Hello. Number two. Well, Eric, I want you to imagine for a minute that you are a divine being and just love a bit of combat. You know, seriously, think about it. You're a deity with a thirst for a bit of pugilism. You're a creator <laughs> who just thirsts for a skirmish. You, my good sir, are a demiurge who loves a tussle. God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> we have been doing this for months. <laughs> we never it's put true. God of War in the chat. We always came up with a synonym for it. It's just yeah, so dumb. Every time. Sky Guy, so, Sky Guy uh, of Fisticuffs. So I, obviously, I absolutely adored the first God of War reboot game. And this yeah. is more of that with a bigger scope. Some of the fantastic boss battles, a really good storyline, mm-hmm. so much to do, so much to see, and I've re- I've really felt like it did such a good job of developing the characters in this one, and the stakes of everything. And just at the end, I was kind of I was so into it, I was so excited. I just want I wanted everybody to smash Odin's face in. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a very captivating game and. My one criticism with it is that it was too long. Um, I think it was just long enough. I, think I felt that the same too. It was just a few hours too long for me, personally. And maybe that's really just stopped. because I need to reframe my yeah. perspective of what a God of War game really is. I'm, I'm thinking of it like one through Ascension and then Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta, where they're all like nine hours long. Here we now have a game that can be from 25 to 60 and I started to get to a point where if I'd play it for more than half hour, 45 minutes at a crack, my hand would get tired. It's like you're just the combat is very <laughs> strenuous. So I was fully invested in the world. I loved the the, the combat that they had with it or the, the character expansion that they had with it. There was a great plot twist towards the end that I mean, I don't think. Did you guys see that coming? Not to say what it is, no, but not at all. Not not at um, all. No, no, I did not. The other thing, too, that I, I'd be curious to hear other people's take. I know neither of you guys have, have kids, but I think playing through this as a dad, I'm wondering if that if people experience some of the stuff towards the tail end of the game a little bit differently than those who aren't kids. Like I was definitely feeling some emotions there, like put myself in his shoes. And it's it's really this tale of raising your kid and then just kind of like trusting them you know, setting them out in the world and be like, I trust you. My job's done. You're ready. Yeah. Mm. But it's also a commentary on Kratos's life because all he's known is war and destruction. And now he's a dad. And it's like, it's so, it's actually quite like moving how he becomes a dad. And like, cause it was all in the first game, it was all like boy and 
he was very like standoffish with controlling them. This one, yeah like in, on in this one you can really feel like he, he he's starting to that there was like ice walls are kind of to break and he's well like there are those moments too have... where he just straight up like almost cries yeah yeah that's a quite that was quite moving and i it's all about he just has to recognize through other characters like Mimir and Freya who are also kind of like acting as like almost pseudo partners in terms from a parenting perspective too like because and they're like you have to let him go you have to give him agency like give him some autonomy and let him trust him you know let him like find his own path you you can't be you can't treat him like a child forever that kind of thing right like that's where the dad simulator aspect of god of war comes in and it's really it it it, it hits it hits very well and it it feels good you know if you think back to those old games, though, you would never expect a God of War game to have that much <laughs> like deepness to it. Uh, yeah, I think no. it's it's like just it's shows true. how far the series has come, in my opinion. And the one thing that I do where we're going next, I did miss from this game, and it even kind of tapered off in the 2019 God of War was just some of the grandioseness of the set pieces. Think about some of the other God of Wars, like in three, you're climbing up. I can't remember the, the God's name, but that turtle with the mountain on his back. Like These set pieces are massive and you just can see how huge they are and you're climbing up and you're just this speck on them. There really wasn't a whole lot of that, that you know, sense of I think, scale. I think it's because mm. it tells a more personal story, though. Yeah, I guess it's, it doesn't rely on that as a storytelling trope. It's kind of, but it does have elements of that, like where you have to climb up the huge wall, and then you have the fight with Thor and the big battle at the end and stuff like that. I thought it was all. I love mm-hmm. Thor in this game. When I first met him, I'm like, yeah, like what? This can't be <laughs> Thor. It was great. That first boss battle with him was awesome, yeah. and then just as the game carried on. Yeah. But even his character development is excellent because you you learn to understand why he is. Because again, that's a commentary on parenting. And yep. Yeah, when how it can be toxic. Kratos yep. being like, "We must be better." Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, we must be better for the future generations or whatever. The, the message is pretty right. pretty cool. Stop being shite, mate. Pack yeah. it. In. <laughs> yeah, pack it in. You have a responsibility as a as a parent to do your yeah. best and not fuck this up. <laughs> it was great. I, I, think, I just I didn't. Think Go ahead. I think there's a, there was a lot of hype about this game, and I feel like they really delivered on it. They did. I just mm-hmm. never felt an urge to do any of the side quests, mainly because the map in that game is absolute crap. God, the map is bad. I the map was really bad. Um, yeah, like it's a, it's not even at a full top down bird's eye view it's slightly angled to give this cool contoured perspective but it's not usable in my opinion you can't zoom in enough to see anything you and if you're too zoom zoomed in. out like stuff overlaps yeah stuff overlaps like all the tags overlap each other so you can't really you're trying to squeeze between a bunch of landmarks as to where you actually are and also i don't think the map takes up the full screen i think there's other stuff on the side so like the, the focal point should be like you should have access to a full map that should dominate the screen, so you really see what's. And it's what. not even really fully a complete map to tell you like weird. I need to do this to get to this spot. It's just more like a general, yeah, direction. Yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the areas are like locked behind. Like you have to go over this object around yep. this rock or something like that. So I know you didn't yeah, have much I, of I an issue that. with I, the map. I'll take Dan. that. 
the other part that bothered me was the upgrading of the weapons or the armor. Oh, it yes, just that's be- unnecessarily convoluted. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I it's, didn't actually know what I was doing. I just waited. I just looked at the numbers. Going looked up at the numbers, yeah. Same. It's almost pointless. Yeah. Like just make sure way. that the attack skill goes up and that's all you need to do. Um, yeah. There were yeah. almost too many skills in it as well. I never really like... There were a couple where like, ah, I think if I press forward circle and then attack, he'll do this move. But I was just hammering the buttons. And then yep. things would happen. I, me too. Unsurprisingly, I took the time to learn them all and max them out. <laughs> Occasionally, it would it would give me that like, hey, you maxed this out. And like, oh, okay, well, I must have accidentally done something 50 times. I, I still think chucking the Leviathan axe at someone and recalling it is one of the coolest moves in gaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So satisfying. Nah, I think satisfying. I used the Blades of Chaos more in this game than the, the axe. I used the new spear yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, the spear was cool. I loved Spider-Man. throwing a bunch of spears into someone and then pressing triangle to be like, they just yeah. make them explode. That was I'm cool. kind of gutted you didn't get Mjolnir as well, though. Oh, that would have been sweet. Yeah. I understand it's for storyline purposes, but... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Don't spoilers, spoil let's it. Let's not get into spoiler territory. It's still relatively new. Sorry. Yeah. Tom, what's your number two? My number two. Um, so I I cannot believe that I haven't finished this game before. It's kind of a it it's kind of bad that I've not played this played and finished this game before. Um, but I found a way to remove a certain enemy so that I would no longer I thought I'd be able to get over my irrational fear of them. Ah, uh, so Skyrim with the spiders. It's Half-Life 2. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, the barnacle enemy has always like just really bothered me. I, I just can't play it. And I know really? that's why I can't play Half-Life Alex because apparently that's really They are terrifying but, in that. Yeah, I just can't play it. I can't play Half-Life 2 with the barnacles. That I find it too terrifying. And feel, I get I, as soon as I see them, like all the hairs on my body just stand up and I feel very uncomfortable. That is great look, game design right there. It really is. I, I looked it up online and apparently I'm not the only one. There's whole threads on this. The barnacle but enemy. Because is a, somebody's invented a mod to remove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well I, I I ran the command in the in the you know, with the all the source engine games, you have access to the console. And so I just type in I bound to a key on my keyboard, remove remove model space npc underscore barnacle and then i i just bound that to a key on the keyboard and every time the game was loading i just pressed that button first thing i did every time and it didn't break anything just it just would remove all the barnacles from any level um so it meant that i was able to play and finish it and it was fucking amazing such a good game what a a game did you play the episodes as well uh i have them downloaded i haven't got around to them yet someone told me that episode two is really good and episode one was okay yeah um did you take the garden norm through to the end i did not what what's that there's a there's a trophy (laughs) or achievement on half-life 2 where you can pick up a garden norm very early on and you have to take it all the way to end and launch it off in the rocket (laughs) uh it's uh yeah i don't know just this like all the physics-based puzzles they they still they still like uh hold up you know the game holds up so well it's such a good um, game. Yeah, the well, the pacing of the level progression, I, w- I would 
find it hard to quit the game because I'd be like, I'll just do this next section. That looks cool. Um, How good is the Ravenholm section, Tom? What happens in the Ravenholm section again? When it goes all like survival horror and there's headcrabs everywhere and you've got the gravity gun and you have to use um, blades and stuff to kill them. It's so clever. Yes, yes, I love that. Um, oh, it just always, I even the bit where you control the ant lions as well was really cool. Do you remember that? Where you have like this? Oh, it's yes. been so long since I you played it. I remember thing. Ravenholm, and that's it, really. Yeah. Um, was it not on the list to, to play last year? This we were gonna play it. We scrapped it for something else. Well, uh, but added but on I, the list for this year. It was on the list, and I. I thought I was I was pushing for it, but I think we end up collectively agreeing on something else because we were talking about it. I got excited, and then I found out about the, this little mod to remove the barnacle, and I thought, "All right, I'm in. I'm, let's let's go. Let's let's play this game." Um, yeah, it, it just just really good, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I should definitely get round to the episodes, and you know, after finish it, after finishing it, I did think they should make a third one. They should you know, make, somebody should mention that because I'm not sure me- that... I don't think anyone's talked about yeah, it, but... I, you know, I wonder if they know that people like Half-Life. It's about time. Yeah. 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 No, so. no, no. That's that's the Crash Bandicoot game. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people didn't like, apparently, the the canal section where you're riding that vehicle, the... I can't remember what it's called the fucking oh the hover the hovercraft thing. hover yeah people apparently it hate controlled that. like I, shit it did control like shit i'll I'll admit but i kind of liked it because you would like had a nice loop where you'd go through a section jump over a solve a puzzle to jump over to the next section get out grab some ammo shoot some people get back on the boat thing drive to the next section like this is 2004 like i don't yeah. recall games being like that in 2004 you know like must have been pretty uh, pretty big deal yeah, so that that feeling of like openness. Uh, so uh, yeah, guys, is it safe to assume that our number one is <laughs> the same across the board? Because if any let's of all, you, let's all say it together. <laughs> if any of you don't have this as your number one, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what you've done with your year. Yeah, because okay. then it means right. it's not been in your two to ten, which is pretty pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not sure. Three, I can trust. two, one. Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As if there was any other game. I know. It was, I, 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 I didn't I, want to be that predictable, but you've got to be. Either, but I'd earmarked this as my game of the year after, f- like, when halfway through it in, what was it, February last yeah. year? I'd already decided, like, I was like, this, nothing's going to beat this. And I tried. Like, I played other games and they were great, but every time I would just think, Nothing else has pushed the boundaries so much of what I was to expect in good open world design that I couldn't not put it up here. I was the same as you. I earmarked this as game of the year as soon as I was done with it. But it also yeah. did something else that I wasn't anticipating is it usurped uh, Breath of the Wild as the best game I've ever played. Oh, wow. It's it is literally the it's not my favorite game I've ever played, but it is the yeah. best game I have ever played. Mm. It is ex- it is everything about it is exceptional. I've probably had it down as my game of the year all year as well. Yeah. Like there's a and, reason this is one game of the year from multiple outlets. It's not just because we're trying to be on trend or anything like that. It's just 
It took everything that made Dark Souls special and it did an open world that wasn't empty and meant something. (laughs) It like rewarded exploration and everywhere you look in that game, there is something to say. And even though I've put so much time into it and I think other people have done a lot longer than me, like Zach, for example, has done a lot longer than me. And I even think he hasn't seen everything that game's got to offer. I haven't seen everything that it has to offer and I've platinumed it, which that's saying something for me to take the time to go through and platinum it even after I've seen the credits. That is saying something. I Um, haven't started New Game Plus, but it's just unreal. The fact that we paid $70 for this game and it's there's that much shit in there. Guys, I wasn't even going to buy it. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah, we got it for you. Didn't you we? guys got it for me, and it's ended oh. up being one of the best games I've ever played. I, yeah. I agree with you, Eric. It's just like the thing is, it also brings about this like um, childlike wonder and of discovery and exploration, because like obviously nothing's clearly marked on your in your world. You're very much just kind of you know following the wind. And the uh, when we were taking photos of the map. And then circling in red, like, guys, go here, go there, like, you know, and sharing constant, like, photos with each other as to where cool shit is, you know, it was like, it it brought me back to, brought me back, yeah. It brought me back to Demon Souls when that first came out and how I was continually talking to my uncle every day about what we found. Mm. It was that in the modern era with us three. Yeah. Because none of us had any fucking clue what was going on, like. (laughs) <laughs> Dan's one day sent us a picture and his map was populated now with color and like, where'd you get that? And then it just became, <laughs> and the cool thing about that game was even when you came out of that first cave, the, the unfinished map would kind of populate in as you'd go and looking yeah. at that, like this game's huge. And just that section is like 1% of the whole map. Oh yes. God. Yeah. It just and, kept. I and remember. that's of the top level. There's two more <laughs> levels below it. I yeah, remember well, the yeah, first time I yeah. went underground. Yes. Yeah. And I sent it to, I said to you guys using that was one of the things I sent to you is you just need to go here and you need to and then you just went down and like my mind was blown when I went down there. I was like I cannot believe that there's a whole then, other underground section. As well. Wait, yeah, I know. I and then I think when I went down there it was with Eric. Yep. And we were in a different part of it. We weren't. We didn't yep. enter from the same place that yeah. you did, Dan. So and we ended up fighting we that sharing. deer god, and yeah, that whole section under under there. And I think that's the other aspect too, is as well as like having our own adventures and sharing, you know, you know, our separate pathways of how we're doing. We were also able to very easily connect and yeah. fight bosses together and do some some exploration together and i thought that was very cool i thought that was so well because cool in previous souls games it was just luck of the draw who you'd get like you could try to spoof it into finding the right person but yeah i have such fond memories of of fighting bosses together and in the past it was almost considered cheating to fight mm. a boss with somebody else because the boss stayed the same difficulty but now you have two people whereas in this one it scaled it scales so yeah. it's it's easier but it's also, you know, yeah, yeah, just as difficult. Um, we spent like a just, lot of time, Eric, us doing bosses and stuff. We spent so like, much time doing that. And it was just, it's not because you wanted to just cheese your way through it, but it's like, no. this is fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what it's all about. I will and, say, though, that, um, what was his name, Rodan? 
one of the oh, most God. frustrating boss battles I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, took that me so fun. long to do. But it still maintained it maintained that magic of a Souls game where you got through it and you had that sense of elation and never once did you feel like that was bullshit. You're like, it was fair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I suck. Agree. Like, I'm just bad. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. That was a tough boss. And there are... There are, speaking of bosses, there's so many. Like, they went so above and beyond. You think right. about the number of bosses in the Souls and Bloodborne games and stuff. You think, did they double the number? Did they triple the number? Not even close. It's, like, it's way more. Ridiculous. And then the sub-mini bosses and then just yeah. random enemies that you come across. It's so great. And then all the hidden stuff that only appears when you hit certain criteria. The different yeah. class builds that you can do. I, I have to be careful with it because I've thought about popping it back in. It's like, I don't think I should. With a different build, I, maybe. I did, and I had to stop straight away because I was like, I can't do this again. Yeah. With maybe a different, with a magic build or something. Yeah, because I didn't use much magic at all. I used yeah, a I never ton. used magic. Yeah. Oh, no, it's you just, did it, use a lot, yeah. It's just great. Through and through, start to finish. Yeah. Um, Again, another one of those games that I'm very reluctant to recommend to people. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, my buddy Alex, I'm, he listens to the show too, and like he he's always asked me, "Do you think I'd like this?" I'm like, ah, I don't know. Have you ever played a Souls game? And like, but you know, you kind of want to be in the zeitgeist and like what's going on with the with gaming. And at the mm. time, people were talking about it. It's like I should probably pick that up. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad we got it for you, Tom, because you would have missed out on all that. I know. Yeah, with and us, and it was such a good experience to have together. Like we're from other parts of the world at the moment, and we yeah. all had that experience together. And it was really yeah. good. And I, like, I think everybody should play it, but go into it knowing what it is. And it's really hard to explain what it is. It's if you've yeah. never played a Souls game, it's not just like an open world combat game. It's a game where you literally are told nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no story. It's just apt story told in abstracts. It's yeah. And if you can't handle getting your ass handed to you left, right, and sideways <laughs> over and over and over and over and over, um, I mean, I highly recommend it to everybody. So just know yeah. what you're getting into before you do it, and also know that it's going to set you back a couple hundred hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. Very special Got, game, guys. That's the top ten of the year. In- interesting year yeah very interesting year i thought because there's a lot usually a lot of it where we kind of have to push things higher and stuff and not much this year actually Only very once. very varied yeah happened once yeah there's a bunch of random stuff on there too yeah, no, so definitely. i just took whatever on man I didn't really think about it <laughs> i think i played this <laughs> i think looking at your two lists i think uh yeah plague tale um and uh guardians of the galaxy are gonna have to be two that i i get into i'm gonna Maybe have to even. pick up lunastis kirby and i gotta play for uh horizon yeah kirby vampire survivors signalis mm-hmm yep yep uh, that, that possibly is lunastis harvestella yep. oh god there's too many i wouldn't Live mind trying i think I might try Harvestella. You you sort of you talked a lot about it, and I think that 
I wouldn't mind because I can't ever really get into Stardew and Harvest Moon. It's not it's, overbearing. Yeah. Okay. Then it, it's, maybe it's I can really then. not. It, it serves more, one, but I like Moonlighter. It serves more mm. as a vehicle to propel you into the combat and into the storylines and all of that. Mm. So, nice. uh, Dan, what you'll like too is in each of the four dungeons. There's, I think, there's only four, maybe maybe five. There are these monster bosses called Fears that are really, really, really difficult, but they were they they drop a bunch of cool loot. But as you level up, so they show up on the map as red, and as you get stronger, they'll become yellow and then eventually green. But even in their green form, they're still very difficult. So um, I think you'll like it. Play through it, but also know that what you see in the demo is great, but it's also not indicative of what the rest of the game like turns into, and it turns into something that you'll never expect. Mm. Okay. So, should we do most anticipated quickly? Yes, please. Yep. Um, my, I don't know if I can pick three. I have, I have a few. I think There's if a lot I had of good to, games coming out this year, if I had to choose, Final Fantasy 16 obviously is is top of the pile. I'm super jacked for that. Um, Baldur's Gate three. I know that's already out, but, for, but it's supposed release. to go proper release this summer. Mm-hmm. And then Breath of the Wild 2, obviously, very excited for. But some of the other ones would be Sea of Stars. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Starfield and then Theater Rhythm. 4. Yeah, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar. Oh, yeah. That's coming up well, soon. Not not to go all completely Final Fantasy and Zelda on everybody, because it's all <laughs> we talk about, but Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, and Tears of the Kingdom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sea of Stars, definitely. Uh, Starfield, really hope that's good. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, a part two, yeah, Rebirth. Do we know that's coming this year though? It, it's winter twenty twenty three. The third, yeah. Okay. Um, Octopath well, Traveler two, not. yeah. I think Octopath Traveler two will be really good. Um, and actually, <laughs> I'm kind of interested in uh. The wrestling game AEW Fight Forever, because they've 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 gone back to the here comes the pain uh, style of gameplay. I'm not into the roster necessarily. I don't I don't follow wrestling, but I did love the games back the old games back in the day, and they apparently have so gone back. I. Is this a PS One game all sim now? What is? Look how terrible this looks. What are you looking at? Screenshots of it. It looks like a cross between a PS One game and Celebrity Deathmatch Claymation. I think you're looking at the wrong game. <laughs> I am not. You must be. No, I am not. Here, I'll send you the image. This says right here, PS4, PS5. That's the gameplay trailer. That, yeah, doesn't, look, that doesn't look good. I think that it... No, you look. You have to look, watch the video. You've taken a screenshot of the of the... Do you know nothing about the modern internet? <laughs> Formulate an opinion... Without all the information. I need... No, you need context. No, that's not how society works now. Well, it should be. You're right, it should be, but it's not how it is. So, you know, conform or get out. <laughs> so, well, shit. Moving forward, I know that we say this in the past, but I think this year we're really going to make more of a concerted effort. Now that I'm back in Wisconsin and settled, uh, we had switched to recording on Saturdays just so I could 
know, get some stuff done on Sundays with my kids in their new school. But we're going to switch back to doing it on Sundays, which works better for everybody. So we should be back to our biweekly you know, recording and all of that. So, um, mm-hmm. again, thanks for understanding our hiatus. But we'll be back. I think we're still slated to do Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver next. So with prob- all them games Tom's just recommended, you have the giraffe, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just do one of those. Two weeks from now, Soul Reaver, we're doing it. If we set a deadline and a date, it gives you something to work towards. If we just have this ethereal idea of, oh, eventually we'll do a show, we'll never do it. So two weeks from now, we're doing Legacy of Kane. Okay. Deal? Dale. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, John Weaver, Miles Prower, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutress, Jason McGill, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Dalton Suter, Gus Robin, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, Cheaper Gamer, Cody Halverson, Robert True, Julian Santuki, J.H., Thomas Roderick, and Kevin Loth. 